Zane, thanks for thanks for coming out here. Yeah, I'm. It's that time of year again, and I, you know, try and keep me away. Just try it to keep me away. Certainly is. I'm not going to try because I don't think I'll have much success. But it, it's. I'm so glad you're, you're here. I We're am gonna... laser focused for this, this most auspicious of times. Yeah, I'm. I'm super glad. Uh, it's time for the fourth Cartoni Awards. This is going to be a lot of fun. You can see that. Like, it seems like the uh, everybody else is really excited too. There's a lot of people here. I'm. I'm pretty into it. Yeah, I, I don't know if I advise people bringing their small children to the Cartoni Awards, but hey, I mean, if, if they're excited for it. I mean, I mean they, they rebooted, like, you know, Powerpuff Girls and stuff. There's probably uh, a market for uh, for kids to watch bad shows. Yeah, and, and kids watched uh, Fern Gully, right? I see Batty Coda over there. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's, let's, let's get a little It might closer. just be Robin Williams with a bat-like hand puppet, but it, it, no. the, the effect is the same. Too soon. Yeah. Pour, pour one out. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I mean, he's not the only—he's not the only heavy hitter, though. Um, I see Simbo over there in the in a different. Uh, well, it looks like he's in a cage. I, I can understand that. Simba grows up to be a pretty, pretty rough tumble, rough and tumble customer. With you know, all these you want to you want to put them on pedestals like they're they're exhibitions. You know, everybody needs to be able to see them, but you won't need to protect them from the paparazzi. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm sure they'll That's let everybody true. into the main foyer once the festivities begin. But uh, you know, he's having fun with uh, Timon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Pumbaa is, is snoozing. It's, does my heart good to see him having a good time. Uh, yeah. Who who else do we see here? Um. Let's see. Well, I'm looking. I'm looking down into the uh, water parts of of things. We've got uh, Flounder. The watering hole. The watering. Oh, hole. Flounder's down there. Flounder and see, uh, Sebastian. I think I see Nemo too. Oh, how can you tell it's Nemo? Um, he's giving me a, a real small, uh, you know, wave. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah, it's adorable. Shark bait, hoo ha ha, hoo ha ha. Um, yeah. Ooh, wow. Careful. Just, just pink ooh. panther is uh is prowling around at the at the edges here. Yeah, hands in pockets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll take your wallet. You know, what? I'll I'll take one hand out so that I can pet all these hedgehogs. Gosh, there's so many. <laughs> you you think those hedgehogs are adorable? Wait till you see these uh these uh they dressed up uh these uh the Ninja Turtles. They got like little bandanas. This is great. Ah, oh, it's super cool. Uh huh. Man, this is really fun. Uh, I don't quite understand, you know, it seems like there's a few people who are just kind of throwing meat at the various people, at the various cartoons here. I'm not quite sure what that's about. You know, you know you're know, you busy at the gala all day. You don't have time to, you don't really have yeah. time to, like, sit down. Can't you can't get like, to the little... buffet table. Well, unless you're Patrick Starr. He's, he's going all in on that table. I think that I think that's actually just a large man in a pink shirt. He looks good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to turn that down. All right, look around. Oh, there's a there's sheep not in the big city. No, he looks very uncomfortable. Yeah, which is his natural state. I'm into that. He's probably uncomfortable because there's that wolf from the Tex Avery shows who's doing the. Who's doing the, you know, having doing his, his tongue loll out of his mouth. Yeah, yeah exactly. He must Dick have saw Wolf. something attractive. Dick yeah, Wolf Bal himself. Balto better be protective of his family. Oh, you know he is. I know he, he's such a good wolf dad. He's a good father. He's a good yeah. wolf and a good dad. <laughs> Double Put dad. together, what do you got? Uh, well, you know, it's wolf dad. <laughs> yeah, I do hope they let them out of the cages uh, soon so that we can all go to the festivities. Otherwise, the only people that are going to get there are uh, Speedy Gonzalez and, of course, Regular Gonzalez, a little bit behind. I think Regular Gonzalez does not get enough of a 
enough of a... I don't know, really anything, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I've never heard of... He's always second in second place. Yeah, I'm a little concerned that all... You know, I, I thought it was just to keep the people safe. You know, they have, like, Yogi Bear over there is behind a cage, but I don't understand why the rest of them are behind cages. Oh, yeah, that is a little weird. And, like, some of them seem pretty... I don't want to say animated, but aggravated. Yeah, what do you think that's about? Do, you don't think they... They know why they're here, right? They're they're not here against their will, are they? Um, you know, I don't see a lot of signage for Cartoni Awards. This is, um... Oh, crap, Ben, what day is it? It is Saturday uh, the, on, uh, Ju- on uh, July the 4th uh, on the 2018 on the year of the Year of Our Lord and Savior. I don't believe that matches up. Um, <laughs> it almost <laughs> certainly doesn't. Uh, but... Let me take a look at this slip. Cartoni Awards. Uh-huh. Ooh, Sunday. What? Oh, wait a minute. I think Well, what's this on is Saturday? Traveling Zoo. <gasps> oh, no. Those poor animals in the cages. Well, we got we to gotta do something for them. Ben, I if think... If I'm not here to turn a profit, then I am here to be a good citizen. <laughs> it cannot be both. I can't do both. Tomorrow is... <laughs> Is is turn a profit today? Is good season. I've, I've made my choice as to which one takes priority. <laughs> um, yeah, Ben, I don't think there's anything that we can do unless we wanted to, you know, free all the animals. I've got a great idea, Ben. Let's break the zoo. Well, we, we could do that, or we could just get Godzilla and American Dragon over here. I bet they could do it. <laughs> let's let's call it Godzilla. I don't. Yeah, I don't want to see that again. I'm not. I don't feel comfortable about bringing Jake Long into this. No, you might as well bring Godzuki in at that point. <laughs> Welcome to the fourth annual Cartoni Awards. Saying, let's get started. Yes, I guess I do this <laughs> we'll get it one day you know we get you barely to... have my name is ben and my name is zane. i don't even get that part right all the time yeah uh he's zane i'm ben they know that i'm my name is ben and they know that my name is zane and i'm tired and this is the cartoon the cartoon this is the cartoon <laughs> and this is the podcast where we get ready to rumble here in the studio good ben so i noticed fully... that you didn't actually say the name of our podcast <laughs> you just said the generic podcast <laughs> this is the podcast <laughs> welcome this to podcast. podcast it's like, it's like an alien tried to host <laughs> like, welcome to the podcast this is human music um, <laughs> and this is the podcast where you listen to where we listen to what you want so let's talk listen. about old cartoons see where we think of ourselves as adults guys welcome Audience. to the carton cast ben and zane recollect pop culture memories from the past 10 years at each other with no context <laughs> carton cast proud sponsor of the carton cast to make our podcast title even more unintelligible uh, the carton cast where we totally know what we're doing <laughs> after 100 episodes uh and this is the carton cast uh welcome to it yeah welcome to and the, welcome I, through it I, I, the carton cast. Because but shove you... it up your ass, though. <laughs> carton holes, they're like donut holes, but with eggs. Where it's like a donut shape, but egg. <laughs> Rub some bread on his nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you're cooking with dick. Are Certainly you appropriating it... my horse dick? 
If you didn't have a bulge, you should have. Get your mind off of my dick. Point one, please don't say glam knob. That's so you know, great. Sh- sounds unwholesome. It is unwholesome. Uh, we actually have a little bit of, uh, of uh, updated laundry. I don't remember what the proper phrase is. Um, I believe it is updated laundry. Yes, <laughs> correct. Wait, wait, wait. Hey, hold on. Is it updated laundry? Zane, if you're on dick bulges, you don't just jump away. <laughs> don't be a light stalker. Be a hand solo. This movie's full of culture bridges that need lube. Sci-fi, sci-fi, porn, sci-fi, this. It was yeah. kind of like five of the networks. sort of like a porn video. sci-fi in its own way. <laughs> I guess so. Well, um, Zane, you, you want to give me your hot take on uh, Jessica Rabbit? I want to give her all my hot takes. <laughs> wow. I just I just put the ball on the tee. <laughs> I like to ball on her <laughs> Put my ball Okay. Show me your mother. <laughs> I'm still on the uh, part about the lesbians. You're, you're going to friend zone yourself right into next week. <laughs> Yeah, there was a lot of rubbing the wrong way in this in this show. But like, there was also a lot of rubbing the right way. It is the opposite of what you do with masturbating. You use it until you lose it. Wait a second. <laughs> nope, just steamrolling on. Just like masturbating. <laughs> and you can finish off with Ninja Raccoon, like I hope all of my future sexual experiences go. Try to this... untangle that. No, no, it's tangled. Much like I hope my future sexual experiences. <laughs> and then the rocket yeah. launches. Yeah, symbolizing ejaculation. He's a very special boy. <laughs> Kids are dumb. Women are dumb. We hate our consumers. Titten up aside. Fucking cows. When are they going to learn? Kind of shut your mouth, though. <laughs> like the adults are sort of talking. I'm sorry, am I part of this conversation? <laughs> like, there's no handles for me to grab onto this conversation <laughs> with. Oh, no, my butler's a tree. Don't ask me why. I was I was about to ask you why. I'm trying to figure out a way to talk about this that doesn't involve us talking about it. I don't know what you mean by that, and neither do you. No, I really don't. I'm, I'm sure you know some facts. I don't. Have you ever seen it? <laughs> nope. <laughs> I recognize it as the name of a thing. Stop talking like Michael Caine. Stop talking um, about Booster Gold. I'm so furious. I don't recognize either of those references. <laughs> what is this anecdote on how do you have access to it? I think overall, like, I don't even know what metric I'm gar- I'm grading it on anymore, but I think I have to give it a fail. <laughs> I don't know what to make of that. I don't know what to make of you. Oh, okay, that's not... I don't know what to make of it. <laughs> it's just... It's just some bullshit. <laughs> it does sound like some bullshit. Just, just get past it. it. I'm past it. Is that a... No, this is a lie. Regardless of anything you just said. So if you have anything else to say, uh... Ooh! I have something else to say. Overruled. No argument can be can be made. <laughs> I don't know why that makes it okay or what concept you're trying to articulate to me. That I lo- what? Who thought of that? <laughs> yeah. Who was like, and did they get paid? And please tell me they didn't. It's like the happy train wreck that you enjoy watching. No one can tell us our movie is dumb if we do it first. <laughs> but it's why? Gr- but why, Nick? <laughs> but why? Why? This, this show doesn't operate on why. <laughs> Most of the plot does not matter. Because all of the plot does not matter. Spoilers, maybe. <laughs> kind of? I don't know if it explains it so much as informs it. Yeah, that's the thing about these plots, is that they don't really happen. <laughs> this show is some real mayonnaise. You're part of the problem, boy. You're part of the boy, man. <laughs> You're part of the man, son. <laughs> the man's family? Son yeah. problem. Yeah. They're all people, like... 
conceivably, but like that means very little. These are just people what happen to be things that aren't people, which is fine because <laughs> people look fucking horrible. Like, All right, most most people are people, but there's food creatures, but then there's also a cat lady. Um, who is who is the hero in King Kong? The king or the Kong? You put a tie on All a bear. All things being equal, these guys are bears. <laughs> Fuck my brain. This character's so good. It's no Dirkman Pitt stand. <laughs> These nouns are amazing. That's fair. But... I don't think it's fair at all. I think I'm being really resentful and stubborn. <laughs> but... Yeah, uh, I think I think your other gripes are very legitimate, though. <laughs> I, I pride myself on legitimate gripes. Five for a nickel, two for a penny. It's a terrible deal. <laughs> <laughs> they don't sell well. If you can't get them in one, you can at least get them in two. <laughs> and if you can't get them in two, well, then how do you do? You're and... using your sinister voice. It's... The scene opens. Thought crime is blinking in bold letters. How are we not beyond time, Zane? So yeah. I, my puny human brain cannot really fathom his machinations. That's on me. I want turn to vampire. If the devil's in your life, you're never truly alone. Jesus defeated Satan. We've been through this. Hmm. The other side's Hitler. <laughs> yeah, I, I wish I had more than two sides here. Like, it's really hard to gauge. Is there anybody else? Any third party? <laughs> no hands? No, I had to call on Hitler in class? Come on. <laughs> you can't interfere with history, but you can dab and take selfies. I want to talk about um, the axe thing in general for a sec. Uh, after you finish. <laughs> because I was very rude right now. Yeah, Ben, final thoughts? Nah. Ben, help me out. Fucking perfect. Yeah, Um. and so, Zane, uh, next time... Uh, we are doing, oh, yeah. uh, oh shoot, Zane, I lost a lot of steam in the last four seconds, but, uh, Zane, what are we doing next time? Zane, what am I doing next time? Ben, what are we doing next time? Thank you. Uh, I forgot. Zane, ben. do this for me. <laughs> Zane, help me. <laughs> I can't get out. More than anything else, just tell your enemies about the show. The Carton Cast, they're a globalist conspiracy, and if you believe... In preserving our way of life, you will take out Ben and Zane <laughs> to the desert, the desert of Texas. No. How can we be this way? Man, How is this possible? <laughs> Question answered. <laughs> Podcast over. It was a long ruse. I intend to never look at this again. Well, Ben, I think... We should at least mention Holo the Wise Wolf so that we can ensure a bountiful harvest because this is... <laughs> you you have your little bag of wheat tied around your neck there? Oh, shit. Where, where did I put that? Where did I put that? Where did I put my... Uh, officer, I just... I need to look for my wheat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's a joke. You, but... have to, you have to draw the word out like that. <laughs> I am stocked, rocked, and ready to rail. Yeah, I'm probably at least two of those. So I think that we're this is as good as good as it's gonna get. Okay. Well. All um, right. Who? Yeah. Who all right. Are okay then. All right. And all right. Well, welcome everybody to the fourth annual Cartoni Award. Um, my name is Ben. My name is Zane. And, of course, this is a Cartoncast, and we're going to do what we always do at the end of every year, which is recount the last year of cartoons that we've watched and rank them according to no particular metric. Um, this is always <laughs> it's, a fun It's entirely time subjective, and we made up the categories, and we decided what shows to watch. So, really, this doesn't mean <laughs> anything. The bias is incredible. <laughs> yeah, it barely qualifies as 
it barely qualifies as like a conversation. I don't know how we're allowed to put it out as a podcast. It's but... like a scientific study, but they got like three guys to test. Yeah, all good statistical curve there, buddy. What are the what are the standard deviation on that? There we go. One. <laughs> the loneliest standard deviation. <laughs> but yeah, we're back with the Cartoni Awards. Yep. I was really hoping that you had something else to say. The Cartoni Awards, <laughs> known for their uh, lack of decorum because we still don't know how to do this. It's true. <laughs> you um, might be experiencing some some evidence of yes, that right now. This, this past year has been a big, busy one. Um, it's true. We've been doing a lot of collaborations with people. We've done a lot of guest spots. We've had a lot of guests on. Um, we've, we've had started, a lot of guests on. We've had guests on. Um, we had Radigan in that uh, jail last year. Oh, yeah, that's true. In the zoo. We should have that. put him in the zoo. No one puts Radigan in the zoo. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that movie. <laughs> <laughs> you and, remember uh, weird things. And, um, yeah, and this is also the year when we started uh, Empowered, the Superpowered podcast, which everyone should go listen to as well. Yeah, let, let's talk uh, for a brief minute about uh, what we did with the, with the podcast. Yeah, network. highs and lows. Yeah, so... This year, we started a uh, a second podcast, and we got a couple other like-minded podcasters together. We got Andrew Spawn from Amusement Sparks, as well as my friend Dan Caves and his friend JT uh, doing uh, the Cocktail Party Congress, and the four podcasts that we have together constitute Fancy Bat, which is a kind of podcast network in the works. And we're always um, looking for more. We're always looking for more. We're always looking for more people to jump on Empowered. We always love it when you guys comment. And it's just been a real good time. I don't really know what's going to happen with Fancy Bat, but I cannot wait to find out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'll, we'll keep everyone updated as that happens. But for the meantime, just sit back and enjoy the show, guys. Audience, you can count on us to do whatever we think we want to do. And then later, we'll deal with it then. Yeah, we, you can't count on us to do what we want to do because we don't actually know that. Yeah, we'll just we just gonna keep doing things and hope it works out. Seat pants fin. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, I, I did want to mention before we get started here. Um, this is a bit of a busy year for me. Uh, I actually just to you know get it all out there. I left my uh, PhD program. It wasn't really working for me, and so I'm uh, on the job hunt now, which means I have both more time and more stress. Which means you know. Our uh, our output schedule has been a, been floundering a little bit recently, but it's been I'm still very I'm I'm still very committed to continue doing the Carton Cast because it's one of my favorite things. As am I. Um, I've also had a very busy year, but mm-hmm. you know I enjoy doing this, and even if it can be inconsistent, we're trying to make it better all the time. Um, it's true. So yeah, if if uh, if you're enjoying it. Let us know so that we can continue to not... Yeah, just cut this bit out. I'm tired. <laughs> no, I, I think that's actually a really good idea. Um, let us know, because we actually don't know if anyone enjoys it. <laughs> so <laughs> I'd like to hear that. I don't. I can't speak for you, but just that would be nice. Shouting into the ether. <laughs> yep. Pissing off Sometimes a cliff. Sometimes the ether shouts back, but it does just sound like aether. So it's hard, yep. to, hard to distinguish. Um, yeah, I, I think that we've bullshitted for a lo- enough time, so we can probably get started. Yes. Uh, this Zane, is tell always, me how it works. This is always one of the best uh, times of the year because we get to look back uh, and just sort of 
encapsulate all of the episodes we've seen by ranking them, uh, or rather putting them into groups and voting on which one of them is the most of that group. I l- <laughs> the most of that group. I I love it when you say a sentence and you pause a little bit and then come out with a big word because it's very <laughs> obvious that you chose the wrong word. Encapsulate. I'm, I'm gonna sure that's I'm gonna right. say maybe you meant reminisce. <laughs> We're gonna encapsulate these cartoons. Let's un- let's encapsulate this bitch. So uh, I think I've spent too much of my life playing like Shakespearean uh, fools like the fool character and their tr- common trait is they always use the wrong words and i think it's just sort of gotten in there <laughs> that's i mean i i think that's pretty fun i, I think that's a very funny tick to have <laughs> so so dance your little heart out saying dance okay. dance this revolution where we are going to have uh, 13 categories a baker's dozen as is tradition. as always occasionally as usually yeah, I think we're at usually now, right? <laughs> I think time. we have verd. Ver, I think we have. God, what's the I word? I think we verd as well. <laughs> and today, this is what we're verring. Uh, the way this works is that oh, one of us will suggest so a category. <laughs> one of us. We're just gonna steamroll through it, Zane. We're gonna let's force that enthusiasm. One of us suggests a category, such as best Batman. The other person will. Uh, or, or that the person who suggests the category offers three options to the other person, and the other person responds with which they would think is the best contender for that category. Um, much like the best way to play apples and a- apples to apples, the best way to play this is to be able to Not talk think about, about it. That so much. we'll be well, that as well, <laughs> and to talk about it so that we can, uh, you know, deliberate over our choices. Mm-hmm. So that is what we are doing today. So. Zane, why don't you start us off with one? I am going to start us off with the um, category of worst intro to best show. So what we're looking for here is a show that did not have an intro that wowed us, but the show itself was really solid. So you are talking about the show, the intro of the cartoon itself. Of the cartoon itself. Of the cartoon itself. Very good. Of the cartoon itself. Can we get an example of a show that was good with an intro that was not good uh, I <laughs> I only have my category contestants here, uh, but if okay. we're looking for an example from back in the day, mm-hmm. I do not have one. <laughs> Am I, I cannot find a one. Grandfather clock in the background over there. It's a washing machine in somebody's apartment. Gotcha. That's okay. I'm just curious. Can you think of one? Uh hang on. Maybe Teen Titans. Teen Titans had a good intro. No, it didn't. <laughs> I, I think that Teen Titans works for that. We can agree to have you disagree. You know, I don't. I I think it was a really good show, but the intro was kind of middling. Yeah, a lot of times we have the opposite of this category with good intro, bad show. But uh, this year in particular, we had some good examples of uh, worst intro to best show. So first off, cool. um, Clerks, the animated series. Oh my Which, god, the laziest intro. <laughs> it's just like a backbeat and then pictures of the main characters, two of whom are ostensibly not even the main characters. Yep, our uh, our friends from uh uh where where was it? Our friends from Silf Radio in yep. uh, cartoon form. Um and then we have uh Yogi Bear which mm-hmm. had a, a a pretty solid show, you know, depending on what time period you saw it in. But the intro was just kind of kind of schlocky and fifties and not very engaging. 
It's like it's like true. we allow that kind of music nowadays being Christmas music because we're used to it. Yeah, but yeah, it's not that's actually true. good. Um, special shout out to Bricklayers, of course, because um, it's just a brick. I mean, our avant-garde certainly, but I don't um, know. If... But final, uh, final, uh, pers- final, oof, final cartoon final in this category: uh, Spice and Wolf. Which Spice was a, and Wolf, a really good show, and but the intro just like kept going, and it was just like had nothing to do with the with the show itself. I do remember at the end of the Spice and Wolf intro, there is that handshake, and that is pretty good. The handshake is nice, uh, but yeah, the rest of it is pretty slow paced and not that impressive. I I, I just I just kept skipping kind of it. I'm like, action-y. I want to watch I want to watch the Spice and Wolf action hour. I sort of like the. Uh... I sort of like the music for the Spice and Wolf one, though. So I'm, I might not accept that as a bad intro entirely. It's good music, um, but, like, it's good music on its own. Okay, well, let, let me think about it. So the other ones were Yogi Bear. Yep. And... Clerks. And Clerks, the animated series. So here's the thing. I don't know if either one of those is necessarily a good show. Um, I think that I think that Yogi Bear was extremely influential and like very important and enjoyable after a fashion because of it, but you know it was antiquated, mm-hmm. and we 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 have to take that into account, but we also can't ignore it. Um, it just I wouldn't want to watch it. Uh, at the same time, you know, Clerks the animated series, I, I had a lot of problems with, and <laughs> I found it very difficult to watch after a couple episodes. I actually only watched there like only three were of the a episodes. couple episodes. <laughs> I know that that should tell you how much it would it kind of railed on me. So I don't think that that was that good of a show either. Um, I mean, I I liked it better than the movie, but I know that I am an ana- an anomaly. An anomaly. An anomaly. Uh, you are, but uh, so <laughs> I you. think I actually am going to discard. Uh, clerks because i think that clerks was not that good of a show and to be honest the intro is very on theme for clerks the animated series because it's so lazy that it feels like it was done on purpose <laughs> that that is true so it gets a couple points it sounds like you want to scrap this category <laughs> um no i i think it's a fine category uh so we got yogi bear or um spice and, spice wolf. and wolf yeah, I could, I could be, I could be argued into including Captain Simeon and the Space Monkeys, but again, that falls very subjective. Well, I, I like doing categories like these because it's not obvious. Um, Yogi Bear, I think, is probably a worse intro than the Spice and Wolf one, mm-hmm. but I think that Spice and Wolf is a better show than Yogi Bear. So it agree. just, so which gulf is greater is the question. Well. I mean, how much Yogi Bear did you watch versus how much Spice and Wolf did you watch? I watched about five or six episodes of Yogi Bear, and I watched the entirety of both seasons of Spice and Wolf. <laughs> and how many so, of those episodes did you skip the intro of? Probably Yogi very ba- few of them. Yogi Bear's like was the at least over quickly. That is true. And, you know, it, it did kind of fit what Yogi Bear was doing. And it taught me a new uh, euphemism. Always winds up on the beam, Yogi Bear. On the beam, Zane. To be on the beam, that's so cool. Is that, like, are those lyrics? That's the lyrics from, like, the 50s one. Like, the original Yogi Bear. Who does Yogi Bear? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that, Things that are one. hot. Who does Yogi Bear? 
World daydreamer, fantastic scheme, and always winds up on the beam. Yogi Bear. On the beam. Mm-hmm. And what's what's the other one sound like? Uh, I actually don't remember. Oh, it. Nope, that's Flintstone. <laughs> How did the... you do that? <laughs> uh, Zane, I actually don't know if I remember the actual. So I'm the, I'm remembering a different Yogi intro than you are. Theme. Hang on, let me. Yeah, we, we got to look this up now because there's the problem is that there's multiple Yogi Bo Yogi Bo Yogi Bear uh, theme intros. So we gotta. I want to know which one you're talking about. So you can go ahead and check out the new Yogi Bear theme, uh, new Yogi Bear show theme on uh, YouTube. Just type that in. First category, and we're already watching YouTube clips. It's bad in a whole different way. No, 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 no. That's not it. That's not it. That's the that's the that's the fucking worst. Um, <laughs> Did you find porn again? Uh, let, let's let's. So if we're taking like a weighted average of which one is uh, <laughs> of which intro to use, then it's absolutely Yogi Bear is the worst intro versus best show. <laughs> All Without right, it out. You you tuned in for like five seconds of it, and you're like, nope. <laughs> that was more than I could handle. Look, Zane, I was able to handle Splice and Wolf intro for the entirety of the show. I couldn't handle five seconds of the Yogi Bear intro right now. All right. There, there it is. Nope. I usually uh, skipped over Spice will... and Wolf, but I don't mind it on its own. I, I, I think that I like Spice and Wolf's intro, to be honest. Yeah, yeah I'll cut in some things. Yeah, cut in the old Yogi Bear one, because I think I want people to hear that wind up on the beam thing. I want people to hear the, the, the 80s one. It's so, it's really awful. Jeez, he's doing a jig and he's so happy to be on screen. <laughs> oh, it's bad. Oh, it's bad, Zane. Uh. All right, so uh, Zane, my turn now. Uh, so... For this, I want to give you the category of a show that is most saved by its protagonist. Alrighty. So the show that so we're the getting the weird ones out of the way first, audience. <laughs> we're getting the what? We're getting the weird ones out of the way first. Oh no, we're not. But uh, so the show that's most saved by its protagonist, um, a show that wins this category has to be generally not that great a show but the protagonist is so good that it makes you like the entire show uh so for example he-man i think would be kind of a shoe in for this category because with just you partial credit given to skeletor <laughs> well i think partial that he's just credit. the most fun to focus on like the rest of it gray skull man at arms the sorceress who cares but yeah as soon as he-man enters the thing you're pretty into it like his 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 model his voice the way that he's drawn is just it all works yeah or like like popeye popeye carries his entire show that i think is also true uh so uh to to bring us back to yogi bear for a second uh yogi bear (laughs) hey Uh, boo boo hey boo boo yeah that we we, how are you you talked a lot about we talked a lot of sugar about yogi bear when we were doing that episode and how the entire show is just kind of a showcase for that accent (laughs) (laughs) and that affectation and i don't think that the show is all that good without it so that's that's kind of the first one is there even a show without it huh i'm trying to think of episodes of yogi bear where he wasn't like the main focus um 
maybe with China, China Karate Panda, Karate Raccoon. Was that his name? Just keeps getting worse. (laughs) It was so bad. Uh, So that's the first one. Next, The Oblongs with the protagonist of Bob Oblong. Ooh. Now that show is pretty okay in general. I liked a lot of it, but it, the part that put it way over the top was Will Ferrell's brilliant portrayal of Bob Oblong. Um, you know, I, I think that he was our favorite character by a landslide. I think Dan Kidd <laughs> would agree. And the rest of the voice cast was great as well. I know Milo and Pickles especially were both voice cast very well. But mm-hmm. I think that he really brought the strongest voice to the show. Right. And finally, uh, we have Brave Star. Featuring Brave Star as the protagonist. Brave Star. Yeah, Zane, I fell in love with the show and I watched it. <laughs> and I fell in love with it because I fell in love with him. Because he's so good to his mama and he just wants to do the right thing. And he's just like a, the perfect role model. Um, yeah, the, the rest of the cast is, you know, give or take. 3030 is okay. Um, Tex Hex is, you know, fine. But he's really <laughs> the, the voice that sells it. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, that's okay. you know fittingly we we look at him the majority of the time so so that's the one those are the right. three categories um okay well let's let's uh let's take these i think the way to think about these is what does the show become if we took that character out because i agree these are all great characters yeah so yogi bear without yogi bear <laughs> like garfield minus garfield kind that's of thing exactly yogi what bear, it's like yogi bear minus yogi bear is um the story of boo-boo Ooh, what about yogi bear minus bear just yogi <laughs> if you if we just have a yogi monk just you know hanging around yellow jellystone park that's super weird and not a teaching, story teaching teaching boo-boo some meditative shit um so we so we would have boo-boo boo-boo seems like he would try to actually stay out of the ranger's way uh, so there's yeah, no they would just be very cordial to each other. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's no conflict there, and also there's kind of no personalities that I enjoy. Ranger Smith only works because he's like keeping it together despite Yogi's antics. Uh, if there's no yeah, antics, he... then it's just a normal guy going about his day and a normal bear just also going about his day. So this this is a strong contender. Yeah, Bob... I mean there are the the odd plot lines that are not caused by Yogi doing something weird, like when they ship you know other bears there from their bear exchange program Ugh, but that's that's so weird that's just an episode of planet earth or something it's it's pretty rare um bob oblong so this one i don't think is gonna win it i do love bob oblong um and i think the message of that show works really well because of him because he's so positive and upbeat despite everything absolutely um, but this is like the, you know, the Homer and Bart issue, right? If you take out Bob Oblong, there's still a show there. You still got Milo and his antics. You now have uh, Pickles, you know, on her own raising three kids. What does she do with that? You know, does she go back up to the back up to the hills? That I feel like you could get some good stories out of that because there were good episodes that weren't Bob-centric. So I don't, I don't think he's got this one, although I do think that's a great character. Yeah, I think he might be my favorite character of the three, but he's, uh, <laughs> you know, he's just in the better show, probably. And then Brave Star, without Brave Star, you still have the world. You still have... <laughs> you have a post-apocalypse without Brave Star. A, he's holding a, it all together. You do have a post-apocalypse. But now you have thirty thirty, and the show tanks a bit because 
you don't have all that nonviolent resolution stuff, the the central message is subverted. Um, yeah, it's not just gone; it's subverted. You have yes, you do still have some good villains, but I mean, he's just going to murder. It ceases them. <laughs> to become a personal thing. It it becomes more of a weird um, Lord of the Rings esque epic struggle between the shaman and uh, Stampede at that point, and that's not a thing I want in my you know morality tale with uh, you know a, a fledgling society that needs to be protected that, that, that doesn't work at all yeah and i think i think the clincher here is that without brave star we would never actually get to see sherlock holmes lightning wizard <laughs> <laughs> right they would have no reason to interact so he would never go to new texas we wouldn't see that story at all so <laughs> Hey, man, whatever reason you need to put your thumb on the scale and not give it to Yogi Bear a second time in a row, I'm into it. <laughs> I don't know. I think I think if you get rid of Yogi Bear, you don't have a show. If you get rid of Brave Star, you have a very bad show. So I think I think, I think I'm going to have to point. give it to Brave Star for that reason. Nice. Because that's, if, a, that's a good point. Because we've not had all those shows, shows are worth before. Yeah, it's true. We've had those shows before. We've seen shows where... It's just kind of mindless 80s nonsense violence, and it doesn't work very well. Like, the biggest problem I had with He-Man was that the PSAs felt forced, and that, There's... you know, it, it, it didn't really feel like he had much of a personality. And because Brave Star does have a personality, and you want to believe in him, it makes all the difference. There's also, like, a supply and demand part of it. Because if you get rid of Yogi Bear, you're like, oh, we lost Yogi Bear. We need somebody to take his place. You know, go find Snagglepuss. Go find Pink Panther. Go find any Put of Don those Knotts guys in there. and just, he was just bring Vogue. them in. Like, you're a bear now. <laughs> Do bear things. Yeah, that's... I mean, it wouldn't be the uh, as popular a show, but they've done... A, they did a lot of shows that were very much like it. Mm-hmm. So... Cool. Brave mm-hmm. Star... Also, I'll just go ahead and say it. Strength of the Yogi Bear. I didn't want that to, you know. Someone was I, thinking it. I wasn't. Okay. Well, you are now. Cool. Brave Star would also be a good, like, uh, briefcase clicking noise if we didn't yeah, already have Gem. It's Who a is little too similar to uh, Defenders of the Earth. That's true. <laughs> All right, Zane. All right, next next up we have best music track. So um, these aren't like necessarily the main theme songs, but just a song that's really good that's affiliated with one of these. So to start, uh, we're going to go with Chan's The Man. Yes. (laughs) By uh, by Weedus. I legitimately spent a solid week listening to that after we did the Jackie Chan (laughs) Adventures episode. Just... It was, it was just always an open tab. God, I love that song so much. It's it's very catchy. It's if um, you have any love for that song, go to the page where uh, go to the YouTube page and just look at all the comments about how many people loved Chance the no, Man. Go to the YouTube page of the original um, punk ass bitch. Yeah, and they're still all talking about Jackie Chan. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. It's so it's so great. Um, yeah, and uh, like just the fact that it's a. The original is a song that I'm not a huge fan of. The band I'm not a huge fan of. But this song, just everything about it works really well. <laughs> yeah, and I have to wonder how much of that is, you know, is nostalgia talking. Um, but, you know, e- even accounting for that, it's like Some my, one of my favorite things to listen to. Like, it, 
it it's right there it's right up there in the god tier with um shiny, shiny teeth, teeth and me in my yeah in my opinion i was at karaoke recently and i was really tempted to start playing shiny teeth but i was worried that nobody would get it <laughs> Wait, was that an option it wasn't like a karaoke bar it was just like some friends and we had like a like a thing up Oh my god, no, saying you absolutely should have done that, and I want to go to karaoke now so that I can sing Shiny Teeth in me. <laughs> Get the backup dancers. <laughs> um, next up, we have the Wallace and Gromit theme. Um, I, I You cut out a little bit there, so I heard Wallet and Gromit. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Gromit has uh, kicked out Wallace and is making big money, but yeah, he's lost right. his friend. That's not bad. Oh, he's got one of those cute little accountant visors. <laughs> oh, he had those. Dude, who wears costumes better, Gromit or Cousin Skeeter? Ooh, because either way, it's very time-consuming to make. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> uh, yeah, Gr- Walls and Gromit theme, go for it. So, it's just, like, this pleasant, adventure like, march... Um, yeah, you know, it's such they, an, like an upbeat period piece kind of thing. They play it on the space station to wake up. They you you could play it as your ringtone, like your. I your forgot about tone. that. They played it on the, the in the real world, so we have to stipulate. Yeah. Zane's not talking about the space station that appeared on Wallace and Gromit. He's talking about <laughs> the real world space station. <laughs> One of the times they woke up to the Wallace and Gromit theme song. Uh, yeah, I would love to you know fiddle de do my alarm tone to, to to play that you know it makes you excited to wake up the only problem is when i do something for my alarm it ruins the song for me yeah i i, I can see that i had mine as the clock town theme song from majora's mask for a long time it's terrifying oh it was so good um but yeah wallace and gromit you know it's it's well known well played just all around great great tune mm-hmm uh, and then finally, this one's not really a song, but I think you will agree it is a great music track. The Doofenshmirtz Evil Incorporated jingle. <laughs> <laughs> the jingle. Evil incorporated. <laughs> yeah, the jingle. jingle. The little jingle thing. Yeah. The jingly jangle. Because, like, he was the best part of that show, and that little, like, thing where you're just like, oh, boy, I'm going to see some mad science now. Yeah, I, I can see that. Uh, I had a couple others that yeah. were basically intro songs that I just, I don't know when else I'm going to get to talk about them, so I want to bring mm-hmm. those up. I want you to pick one of them as an additional category, as an additional choice. Yes, that is within our ill-defined rules. <laughs> because everything is. So the three intros that I'm thinking of are the Gem and the Holograms intro. Uh, yeah, of course. Because it's so I, poppy I tried and to so avoid. 80s. I tried to avoid actual intro themes, but that because damn, that would well. That's be why great. I'm I'm asking you to just pick one of them. Yeah, that's so poppy and cheerful, and I listen to it each and every time, and it you know helped especially to have like better animation in that intro than was actually in the show. Um, and you know the theme of it is just you know Gem is my name, truly outrageous, like a celebration yeah. of the self and empowerment kind of angle. Uh, it's fantastic. Really like. Uh, there's the Helsing intro, which is this weird French Revolution kind of kind of jazzy number. Um, again, set to really chilling imagery, but uh, you know I think that the song itself is just very spirited and cool. And it's one of the first things that I saw about the show, 
And one of the first things that you saw that made me that made you go like, "Oh, this is Cowboy Bebop." <laughs> <laughs> yep. And then finally, I wanted to bring up the Batman the animated series intro because oh, yeah. it is so famous and and iconic. It's it's really great. Um, yeah, that like that that orchestral bombastic triumph with uh, yeah, with just kind of a little bit of of darkness lurking behind it. Uh, of those three, I think I'm going to have to push forward uh, Helsing. Um, okay. You know, and it's got that uh, just kind of that bass in the junk in the front kind of bass that junk in the front face is that what you said yeah that's right it, don't tell me you don't see it I, don't tell me you don't see junk in the front okay, so tell you so okay so we have a theme song with words a theme song without words a music add-on and a jingle and chance the man chance the man is the music add-on the oh, like, okay additional like tune Okay, well then, uh, uh, okay. So we got Walton and Gromit, Helsing, Jackie Chan, and Doofenshmirtz. I'm gonna throw out Doofenshmirtz, and the reason for it is, as good as that jingle is, it's not the unique jingle, and the theme song of the show pissed me off so much that it just made me feel worse <laughs> about the music in general. Guilt by association. That I mean, I hate to say it, but like it made me enjoy it less. Mm-hmm. And, and you know there's something about the the jingle that's just like a little too it, it's just not to my taste i I, okay. I don't know how to put it better than just like you know i'm not a fan of acapella in general so i i need a lot of instrumentals to kind of sell me on stuff so as that's right as nice as the doing this Schwartz absurd bias was, of yours <laughs> um so I, i'm gonna throw that one out so there are two themes here, the Helsing intro and the Wallace and Gromit theme, and the Wallace and Gromit theme wins. Next. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just so good. The Wallace and Gromit theme is just that, I, I, like you, you said Helsing... it best, you would want it as your as the theme you wake up to. It's just so adventurous. It reminds me of Calvin and Hobbes in that way. Just like the, yeah. the world around you is an adventure. To life will am. Like, it's just and, it's so good. And Helsing hits it strong, but I don't think it's strong throughout. Wallace and Gromit, I like, think it's, it's sort of for loops the show. perfectly. I think it's appropriate for the show. Yeah. But at times, that's not quite as earwormy, whereas Wallace and Gromit, I'll, I'll play that in my head all the time. So, um, Wallace and Gromit or Chance the Man? God, it, th- and this is really tricky because I know Chance the Man is not as good of a song as I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's just It's just such a fun little diversion in my childhood memory. <laughs> it's got to be Wallace and Gromit, Zane. Alrighty. Wallace and Gromit theme is it's as enjoyable as Chance the Man and has the added bonus of being actually like an it's endlessly piece of listenable. Music. It's endlessly it's, listenable and you can play it in front of other people. It's also a very good loop. Yeah, yeah. Like it's just got that nice loop, uh that loop spot that just very very organic. Just never stop looping. Indeed. Um, all right, so Wallace cool. and Gromit it is. So next, I'd like to keep the theme going. We're going to still talk about songs, but this time it's going to be the catchiest theme song that isn't very good. <laughs> so uh, we know given, they're bad. <laughs> we know but... they're bad, but they're catchy. 
So uh, the example that I'm going to give is the Garfield and Friends theme song. Because you know that it got stuck in your head. But it wasn't a very good song. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the, that's the that's what we're working with here. Okay. So th- so the three that I have for that are first Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh. <laughs> Sonic really movie's got an attitude. The Hedgehog. I don't know about you. Did you sing this in your head at all after that episode? Because I oh did. yeah, it it's it got a really be. nice minor to major major key change that I really like. It was not welcome in my house, but I could not bring myself to make it leave. And it, like, there's that nice, uh, there's that nice kind of um, overexcited vocalist at a concert kind of thing to it. Yeah, yeah, live performance. It's like, all right, buddy, it's it's not that important. <laughs> uh, so that's the first one. Second one. Yo, Danny Phantom, he was just 14 when his parents built a very strange design to be a Oh, you know what other one would be good for this? Is Monster Rancher, because that's what that reminded us of. Yes, Monster, Monster Rancher, Rancher is the pinnacle of this. Yeah, catchy theme song that's not very good. But yeah, Danny Phantom, it's like the, that ridiculous white guy teenager <laughs> rap. Like, it's like the laziest attempt at, make, at being cool. By yeah, somebody who does not know what cool looks like. <laughs> yeah, his molecules got all rearranged. <laughs> Just you a couple he... of people each had good ideas, and they couldn't decide among them. No, and it doesn't seem like they picked one. <laughs> How do we yeah, want it... this to be? Every way? <sighs> I don't know, man. Um, I'm 40 and going through a divorce. <laughs> what do I know? What do I know uh, about Danny Phantom? What do, what do we know? Ghost powers. Great. <laughs> Yeah, ghost powers plus rap equals yes. <laughs> so that's the second one. Uh, and the third one is fighting foodons. Well, I, I, I know. Foodons. I only remember this song because I only remember the show because of the, of the theme song that stuck in my head for some reason, and I don't know why that was. And I'm certain it's not a good song because it's just a, it's just a, it's just a, a cover of uh, what, what was it, Zane? Something in fifth? Oh. You know. You know songs better than me. Orpheus in the Underworld? Maybe. I don't remember. Uh, in, in any case, it was a cover of a classical song, but with the gooniest slip put over it. And for some reason, it's very catchy, and I don't know why that is. Yeah, and it's not just like, oh, this is one of the most famous pieces of music, and so it's going to be really catchy. It's the words themselves kind of don't leave. It's... The thing is, they're so on board with it. Like, the entire concept of Fighting Foodons is a parody show, and for them to be that excited about that bland a thing, about that much of a thing that they shouldn't be proud of because they didn't fucking uh-huh. make the music for it, it's very funny. <laughs> this is legitimately difficult. Because, <laughs> like... Okay, let's let's walk through these. Yeah. Sonic the Hedgehog... Ah, yeah like it's it's in keeping with what sonic is um and i you know still have that soft spot for like the sonic adventure 2 battle you know soundtrack of course uh, and, it, and this belongs 40? on there this it sounds it, re- it absolutely does it's in there <laughs> you can't avoid it sonic. yeah it, it's very it's very you know in your face grunge rocky kind of kind of stuff Oh, and then 
Danny Phantom. God, Ben, this is difficult. I need some. I need I some know. way of of distinguishing between these these choices. Which all right. So what I think you want to do is tell me which of them is the catchiest to you, and which of them is the worst to you, and maybe so we can rank them based on that. I I think I'm gonna get rid of Danny Phantom. Because really, that's fascinating to me. I thought that that one would be way up in your catchiness meter. I it's 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 very catchy. It's very catchy, and I remember it, and everyone remembers it. But I don't think that it's necessarily that bad. I think it's just that was what a lot of the aesthetic was at the time. <laughs> it was the style at the time. Yeah, like like wearing an onion on your belt. This was these were the these were the days of like you know Backstreet Boys and uh, yeah, it was know, the boy bands like Geist and Will Will Smith doing the Willennium. The Willennium, <laughs> like the immortal Willennium, <laughs> keeps showing up. You showing so I, up, deriding parents on their inability to comprehend. And I don't actually think that it's that bad of a track. It's it's just that that's the style of the time. Okay, like I it, think that it, it's it, legitimately bad, but this is <laughs> you are you are the one judging, not me. It it didn't stick out to me uh at the time that I watched it as being something ridiculous. Okay. Um Sonic or Fighting Foodons? Because <laughs> the Fighting Foodons one, you know, the music isn't bad. The choice to put it here and put those words on it was bad. <laughs> yeah, that's like it's like deliberately trying to make things clash, you know, in a in a funny way. Mm. You know, and I guess I guess Sonic's '90s thing was also that aesthetic. I guess so. I'm having a real hard time juggling. Um, <laughs> so fi- fighting foodons, I think if we are taking it to be the parody it is, it's taking mm-hmm. good music and adding in its own parody stuff. So I don't think it's that bad, even though it is catchy. Um, but I mm. think I know more words from the other two. So I think those are catchier. Okay. So what's it going to be? Sonic the Hedgehog or fighting foodons? Or Danny Phantom. Yeah, these or are Danny all very Phantom. difficult. <laughs> I think Sonic. <laughs> I think Sonic the Hedgehog wins this one. Um, nice. I actually have, agree. I, the show doesn't have a lot else to uh, uh, recommend it, and you know, it's not the the theme is not something I'm going to go out of my way to find, but it does stick in. I even find myself like hearing it in my mind time to time, and I'm like, I didn't, I didn't ask for that. Uh-huh. Uh, definitely more. <laughs> it, yeah, I, I didn't. It's I, I it's didn't the give song that. that yeah. More so than the other two, it's the song that pops into my head unbidden and unprompted. Like, it'll just show up. <laughs> that happens to me as well. I, I have that happen to me with that song and then uh, the Weekenders theme Yeah, a lot. Like, like, uh, like I'll be driving and someone will cut me off or, or you, know, you know, go out in front of me or whatever. And I'm like, oh, this guy's got a bad attitude. And my head will just be <laughs> like, got an attitude. <laughs> yeah, you can really move as well. Yeah. <laughs> Like I, I think that the Sonic the Hedgehog theme of the three of them is the catchiest one, and they're all bad, and so that's yeah. how I would make that decision. It's it's just, got that it's that, got that energy that makes it. It, catchy, it does have the energy, and it's like thematically resonant with the character of Sonic the Hedgehog as being a too cool for you kind of nerd, kind of uh-huh. kind of asshole. Yeah, and it just just all works for me. So cool, Sonic the Hedgehog, it is. Uh, shout outs to our friend uh, Josh, who uh, was kind, or Joshua, who was kind enough to join us on that episode and tell us some mm-hmm. Sonic lore. <laughs> I love Sonic lore. He was so into it. It was so great. Uh. Ooh, just-
So next up, we have a uh, perennial favorite, the best conspiracy theory. Oh boy. I don't know what any of those could be because I was looking through my notes and being like, which one of these even have any conspiracy? I couldn't remember any. I I have several good ones. (laughs) Okay, good. Um, But first I will give a shout out to... um, you know, the self radio podcast, because we were on an episode of, of theirs and we brought up the conspiracy theory that the uh, Pokemon trading card game takes place on a cruise in the Pokemon universe and it's for rich kids with no training talent to feel like they can be Pokemon <laughs> masters. <laughs> Duelist Island. <laughs> so that was not on the Carton cast proper, but I do want to give it like <laughs> that's a good conspiracy theory and it works. Oh man, that's great. Thanks. Thanks uh, to this, the kind people at Self Radio for letting me come on and talk about I'm a Coonie for an hour. <laughs> um, so, best conspiracy theory. First up, uh, the Clerks animated TV show is written by the Clerks characters <laughs> from the movie. <laughs> Wait, the Clerks characters from the movie or the Clerks characters from the show? Uh, by the... View us universe clerics characters. I think so we Dante decided... and Randall sit down and <laughs> write a write a yeah show. yeah and and uh, Dante and uh, Randall's going off the walls like yeah and make me super cool and <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. I forgot um, about that because <laughs> it it kind of it kind of works and it adds to it. It's like oh that's why things are ridiculous, but we're paying attention to these guys. Well, what was the dumb fucking thing that you said during that episode where you were you were saying something like Randall is more like the Randall, like the, the, the cartoon Randall is more like the real Randall than the real Randall? You said something fucking crazy <laughs> and tautological. I think, I think the crazy thing I said was, I like this better than the movie. That, that is certainly <laughs> insane. Um, you even recognize it, which is amazing. Next up, um, from Gem and the Holograms, Synergy which is an artificial intelligence, is actually an alien life form. Uh, She (laughs) seduced Jem's father, killed him with radiation. Jem is her daughter, and Jericho's personality gets subsumed as Synergy gets more power, and this is how the aliens reproduce. (laughs) Synergy is going to take control and use her fame to her advantage. I forgot about... Like, the thing is, that Jem makes no sense, so any (laughs) explanation you put in is going to be better. (laughs) yeah that that was that was a fun rabbit hole to go down um and finally uh for b movie uh jerry seinfeld has an avatar-like understanding of the world of b movie (laughs) and all the mad bullshit that took place actually has an explanation in universe he's just not telling us (laughs) there's like a 10 series dark tower-esque b movie like manifesto So he knows exactly what the pollen jocks are and where they developed and who, you know, what they And why all the flowers die society. at once and you repollinate them the and they bloom. And... Yep. <laughs> why he's named B. Larry King and what that joke means. <laughs> <laughs> all of it. All of it actually makes sense. I'm actually so glad that we did B-movie <laughs> this past year. What a weird little thing. It's real special. It is extremely special. All right, so we've got... Uh, Jerry Seinfeld has been obsessed with bees forever. Um, we, we have Gem is a Borg hive mind, or Synergy is a Borg hive mind, and we have Clerks was written by the Clerks <laughs> from, from Clerks. the movie Clerks. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Um, if you disqualify yeah, I, any of them, I have a bonus one. I 
I want to hear the bonus one before I make any snap judgments. Um, Yogi Bear and Ranger Smith are both humans, and Yogi is just put into a bear suit in a Stanford prison experiment type situation <laughs> to see if Ranger <laughs> St- Smith starts to see him as a threat. I forgot about that. Yeah, you take stock of all the crazy crap we came up with, and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> they I, made I think sense I'm gonna... as we went to them. <laughs> it's a fun thing that happens when you podcast, is, is you... I have what I like to call podcaster mode, which is where I'm animated and don't filter what I'm saying too much. Yeah. <laughs> and the things that evolve out of that are just very special. Uh, I think let's do the Yogi Bear one instead of the uh, Jerry Seinfeld one. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fair, because that's not actually about the, the thing itself. I just wanted uh, to give a shout that, out to Jerry Seinfeld. Problem. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Jerry. Thanks, Jerry. You're welcome on the podcast anytime. Uh yeah, I, I just don't think that that is actually... I don't think that... It, it's weird that he wanted to do B-movie, but that's as far as the theory can be really yeah, taken. Yeah, and we want we want a conspiracy theory that is additive. And I think trying to make B-movie make sense is subtractive. <laughs> to everyone. To, to, the, the, to the human species. Being reminded really. of B-movie is a negative. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, reminding it that... Being reminded that it exists. Uh, yeah, right, so, so we... Clerks, Jem, uh, or Yogi Bear. I like the Clerks one a lot um, because they the characters of Dante and Randall in the show are caricatures of Dante and Randall in the movie, and their personalities are a little bit flipped. So it does kind of feel like they were jointly written. Like Dante is writing Randall really spitefully, and Randall is drawing Dante really spitefully. That's kind of how it feels <laughs> to me. Yeah. So that that actually makes a lot of sense, and I'm gonna I'm gonna keep that around. Uh, man, yeah, Gem and the Holograms. The, the, the so, so Synergy as a Borg hive mind is pretty funny because Synergy um, doesn't make sense in any context. So you might as well go big. It it's amazing. So the plot of the show <laughs> is that there is like it's a Josie and the Pussycat style. You know, all of the plots revolve around a battle of the bands of some sort, and and you know celebrating music as you know a way for us to uh you know uh, express our individuality and freedom and things like that and then a magic computer gives them costumes in a car <laughs> it's it's pretty crazy <laughs> they've like really no reason for it to be i mean the reason for it is so that gem has an alternate persona or uh jerica um can be gem oh no ben Jerica is the alternate persona. Jem is the real <laughs> daughter of Synergy. Hey, let, let's let's keep one conspiracy at a time, please. Conspiracyception. Uh, sure, sure, sure. Uh, yeah, gosh, that one's so good. <laughs> I I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to remove that one from the running, mm-hmm. as much as I like it, because I don't think it adds as much as the clerks one does the clerks one kind of informs where the personalities of the characters in the show came from and it fits really well the thing that i like about the clerks one is if we could contact kevin smith and ask him what he thinks he would probably say yeah yeah yeah, that's that's way better (laughs) like that's a good explanation (laughs) for it yeah like i bet he would be on board maybe (laughs) in a way that the creators of yogi bear absolutely would not be naming his uh naming his daughter harley quinn yeah He's, he's up for anything. Yeah. Um, let's see. So I think I think I want to get rid of the gem and the holograms one because there is no evidence of it. It doesn't have an explanation other than the dad made it 
and like <laughs> sunk a bunch of money into R&D somehow and just got a computer. But the alien, you know, the alien thing reproducing, yeah. it, it is no more satisfying than just a God of the Gaps kind of, well, we don't know how that computer got there and it doesn't really <laughs> matter. And you can just say like, it was the 80s. Computers could do anything. Computers are magic. Yeah. Just like music is magic. Yeah, I, so I, I think that, that making her an alien actually doesn't add anything beyond just, where the fuck did this computer come from? The music's contagious. Ooh. I was going to try to do ooh and then start coughing, but I didn't want to cough into the mic. Um, okay, so it's between Clerks and Yogi Bear as a Stanford prison experiment. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure the creators would not be happy with that. But it does explain well, that, that why makes he me can wanna, talk that and makes why me he is a nominate person. It, that makes me want to nominate him more. Because Yogi Bear is clearly just a person. Like, he's clearly <laughs> he's a sentient. a bear-type guy. Yeah, he's a bear-type buddy. Uh, yeah, so I guess... I, I think that that one also fits pretty well. And it informs, like, the weird culture between captive and captivator at... Uh, or captor, I suppose, would be the correct way to say that, at uh, Jellystone. <laughs> Yeah, Ranger Smith is a captivating so and so, if I if I may say so myself. It, it explains like uh, why he's so good with like making inventions and why he insists on eating human foods instead of small critters. But there are some plot lines where it's like, well, th- this is a bear. I, kind of. There's just as many plot lines where like, you know, the impetus is that there's picnickers showing up to Jellystone with, like, full chocolate cakes for Yogi to steal. <laughs> like, clearly plants just to tempt him into, you know... Uh, into cracking? To tempt him into oh, like ris- every, risque behavior. Like, every day he continues to pretend to be the bear, they put more in his pension? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like a weird version of the running man. No, it's like Fear Factor. Like, it's oh, a yeah, combination I mean, of that... Fear Factor and Survivor. Fear Factor and Survivor is the running man, essentially. <laughs> Okay, I I haven't seen it. Uh, I I read that book. It's a Stephen King, um, where he's basically on the run from a uh, Big Brother esque kind of government, whom their main form of entertainment is like game shows that where you die at the end of them, but the longer you stay alive, the more you get put into your bank account. Okay, yeah, that is exactly what that is. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, in any case, uh, so it's between that and the Clerks one. You know, the Clerks show was so weird to me because it felt like the personalities of Randall and Dante were flipped. Mm -hmm. And, like, the entire conceit of the show is that it's a weird sitcom in the era where they were trying to parody weird sitcoms. And it's totally the kind of thing that Dante and Randall would be, you know, frustrated about. You know, you remember those conversations with them debating the morality of Star Wars. They would absolutely you know, have a conversation about how ridiculous sitcom plots are. Uh-huh. You know, if they ever watched any sitcoms, I'm not sold on that. But other than that, I think it's probably the stronger theory. You know? Okay. I think it adds more to my conception of the show. Um, and, and, you know, the Hanna-Barbera, you know, era of cartooning, it just it needed less explanation. Yeah, because then you have to wonder, like, okay, now we need an in-universe explanation for all these other anthropomorphic creatures, like Foghorn Leghorn. I, I don't think what's I don't the think deal we there. Do. I don't think we do. I think we can have them all under the same governmental experiment banner. Foghorn Leghorn is a guy in a chicken suit doing market research on what makes them more finger licking good. 
Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh, what, what I like about the Clerks one is it's already so fourth wall breaking. Uh, so it's it's really yeah. not that much of a reach, and it's additive. I agree. And, and it perfectly explains a problem that I had with the characters in the show. Mm-hmm. Which is that Dante is, you know, far too much of a, a go-getter and a get-up-and-let's-do-something kind of character, and Randall is much more subdued and passive. Yeah. The the best conspiracy theories are the ones which fix things, which make mm-hmm. more sense. Yeah, and I think that's that's what does it. So, Clerks the Animated Series. Sorry for that. That took a while. Yeah. You had some good ones. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Next category. Next up. Next category. Ooh, next cat girl. Is that our category? Next best cat girl. It's Kevin from Daria. We all know it. <laughs> uh, so, uh, next category, I want to do uh, best action scenes. So, let's go back into the kind of more, le- less goofy and more serious tone of shows here. Um, so, best action scenes are ones that are dynamic, they are fun to watch. They, you know, generally you want to have them better animated than not, but uh, that can be overcome if the context of the action scene is good enough. So, you know, what I'm looking for is just the best sell of an action scene. Mm -hmm. For these, we have Jackie Chan Adventures. Top dog. One (laughs) One of the things that we loved about Jackie Chan Adventures, which were numerous, uh, was that it was always... All the action scenes, they, they felt really well choreographed. You know, he's doing a bunch of crazy flips and stuff, and it actually feels pretty good, pretty pretty legitimate. Yeah, and they went out of their way to, like, look at old Jackie Chan movies, like, how does he move? How does he get physical comedy mm-hmm. in there without using any words? Yeah. Uh, next up is Batman, the animated series. Mm. So... While these maybe were not as technically proficient as Jackie Chan, I think that they really got there on the whole setup and conclusion aspect of the fight scenes. Uh, Jackie Chan Adventures, maybe, you know, he beats up Ratso for a couple of minutes and then Ratso just runs off. <laughs> you know, that that's not a lot of buildup and not a lot of denouement. But with Batman, he's coming out of the shadows during the most precise moment. And when he fi- lands that final punch, you know it is over. Mm-hmm. So really good sense of impact and timing there. Um, and then finally, we've got Helsing. So the action scenes in this were actually pretty few and far between, but when they were around, holy hell, do they burn the house down. <laughs> they, I like uh, burning the house you know, down. <laughs> I know you do, because you'll have Alucard, who is you know fighting Paladin Anderson, and, you know... Paladin Anderson, we don't even know what a regenerator is. Alucard, we don't know what all of his abilities are. So there's a really good element of mystery between the fight scenes that I think uh, that I think adds to it. You kind of don't know who's ever on top or not. Yeah, you don't know what they're capable of. Yeah, exactly. Because the show keeps so many of its cards close to the chest. Mm-hmm. So those huh. are the three categories. Yeah, the three, I, I'll uh, admit I don't pay as much attention to, like, choreography and animation in in shows as you often do um i would say that from what i can recall uh in helsing you had sort of a a frantic motion i'm just remembering like a demon dog shooting out of his arm and like the anime flowingness of it 
um, to yeah. hit his attacker. I remember a lot of gunfights, um, but I don't remember like a lot of like cool hand to hand combat, you know, parry back and forth things like I do in the other mm-hmm. ones. Yeah, um, I, I, I can see that. Batman is, you know, super cool by virtue of being Batman. Um, yes. And I agree, he's got that sort of uh, precision and the way that he could handle a bunch of guys, like, charging at him, and he, you know, flips one, trips the other, punches the third, like, really top-notch stuff. Um, and he's, like, a very intimidating presence. He's bigger than almost all of the mooks that he runs into, and they were very clearly scared out of their minds of him. He's he's big and he's precise. Like, he you he waits in the shadows to the last possible minute to just go out and end it as soon as possible. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's hard to top the coolness of Batman. Um, with Jackie Chan, so you remember this difference between like Western and Eastern action movies where in Western action movies, a lot of the time you'll get a bunch of like camera flips so that you can get the best angle on a cool move. But what happens is you get, a, you get kind of confused, right? Your, your brain can't keep up as much. Yeah. It's in Jackie like the two Ch- towers problem. In Jackie Chan Adventures, you'd have these long stationary shots where Jackie's like in the middle, Mook's coming at him, he's parrying, blocking, hitting, and like it it lingers on that and it's all very interesting, like and you can keep track of everything that's going on. It's it's super fast and very confident in the way that where they're like, We know not everyone's gonna see all the cool stuff we put in here. We're doing it anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think what breaks the tie in favor of Jackie Chan Adventures is the talismans. And the fact that you ah. have action plus magic and they combine those in a way that's not overwhelming. Uh, just just super clean action fights that are also super powered is is really cool. Now, it, the, the, the problem with that is that generally in Jackie Chan Adventures... Jackie Chan generally doesn't like land a killing blow. He he just stalls for time until Uncle kind of mops it up. Mm-hmm. Does that detract from it at all for you? The lack of the finishing blow. Yes. Almost, not not really because what he can do is, you know, you get to see him fight non lethally. You know, this is a staple of Jackie Chan. He's fighting with ladders. He's fighting with like fish in a fish market. Like he's yeah. <laughs> he, he's constantly improvising, and it's what keeps the show engaging after like a hundred episodes. You know, I watched more of Jackie Chan Adventures probably than anything else we've watched for the show, uh, and mm. the action scenes were consistently good, even when the plot started to get a little uh, started to get a little redone. So yeah, I think yeah. I got to give it to Jackie Chan. I I'm glad that you did. I I couldn't really think of other ones, but I wanted to have a category that was specifically about animation because I feel like that does often get overlooked. Yeah, just as we're we not become experts. more familiar, well, we we become more familiar and accepting of different animation styles. But I, I want to make sure that we're always cognizant of that aspect of these shows. You know, we're always cognizant of music because that can be varied. Animation is a little bit closer toward a medium, and. Uh, I think that these are all excellent examples of like different aspects of animation. You know, Batman the animated series is better at setting up a particular scene, but Jackie Chan Adventures is much better at executing that scene. So, mm-hmm. I'm on board. Yeah. Now um, the real question is, do we play the theme song or do we play Chancellor Man? <laughs> oh gosh. We'll, we'll decide. We'll, we'll get we'll, it later. We'll find that one out. Ooh, Jam. All right. All right, man. Your turn. Yes, now we have 
the best intro category. Uh, this is always a favorite. We are looking. Uh, this is at the best intro that we've done, right? That that we've done. So we always have a sketch at the beginning of uh, most episodes, not the bootlegs and not some of the others, but uh, for most regular episodes. Um, and we had some really good ones this year <laughs> that so I've let, gone back recall, and listened to several times. Let's recall a couple of our previous winners. Right. So um, previously, <laughs> we uh, we for had the first the, year. Yeah, we had a Batman one. Yes, that's right. We had uh, Batman Beyond. Where uh, yep. old old Bruce Wayne was writing his memoirs. That might still be my favorite intro. <laughs> it's so good. Um, then we had, I believe, Back to the Future, the animated series, and that one was <laughs> one of the uh, so bad it's good, where we just didn't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, and I think after that we maybe had Pelswick, Pelswick? with the bully conversation, the bully oh, off. With, that's right, with the bully debates. With the bully debates, although I, I don't think art, it to start came our up conversations on the the art form known as bullying, and I don't think it came up even as a nomination last year. But the one that we did for a uh, fruits basket, where where you just kept popping popping boners, <laughs> I think was a really good one that we didn't get to talk about enough. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, that might, maybe so. I have to say, the art form of bullying is maybe one of my favorite things that has continued. <laughs> it's a great concept. Yes. <laughs> I, I can't believe how much I love it. Like, it doesn't seem like I should love it this much. Um, right. Um, but yeah, sorry about that. Go ahead. So this this year, we're going to start with the intro that we did for Helsing. Um, ben, yep. I know you love this one. So this is uh, <laughs> you and me and Dan Caves. <laughs> and Yeah. Um, I hadn't even seen uh, the Castlevania animated series at the time. But it is sort of mm. like that that two blokes in a bar discussing supernatural events in a really stupid have you way. Seen it? Have you sense it uh have you seen it since? Yes. It is super charming. Okay. It's it's pretty good. I like Trevor a lot. Um but yeah, so uh it's it's us just chatting like Englishmen are wont to do, and then um Alucard shows up. <laughs> <laughs> I did not and... know what to do for Alucard. <laughs> And Alucard is this, like, purple prose, don't know what he's talking about kind of thing. And we just sort of like, the hell is he talking about? Alucard, can you tell us about how cool it is to be a vampire? Oh, let me tell you about the wind and the willows. Whoa, okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what to do with that Alucard. <laughs> I think at the um, end I asked you guys for bus fare, and I don't remember why I did. <laughs> like, can't you just turn into a bat? And then you had another nonsense answer. <laughs> bollocks to you as well mate <laughs> bollocks to all um yeah. next up we have the batman animated series intro uh so here we had <laughs> right. uh, Devin. we had Devin as a guest and the, the conceit was we're all detectives but we're all the same like the same detective sharing an office space doing the noir narration for it mm -hmm. but then it turns into a description of the fan fiction we're writing about it yeah, I don't remember turning into that direction, or I don't remember when the decision was made to make that happen. But it's I fine. think I think uh, just with having three people and having not a clear sense of what we were doing, we kept cutting each other off and like misunderstanding <laughs> each other, and we just kind of rolled with it in a way that yeah. I like. Like the improv was strong in that one. Yeah, th thanks to thanks to Devin for putting up with us. <laughs> just in general, uh, really. Oh yeah. Uh, and then finally, we have the intro for Yogi Bear, uh, where we're Yogi and Boo Boo, and we've decided, hey, wait, we're bears. Let's murder. Uh, 
and I love one of those ones where you just you know got it in one. We figured it out. Yeah, yeah man. <laughs> Do you have any other uh, contenders you wanted to shout out? Um, not really. I mean, <laughs> fighting Fudons was pretty funny. Um, just aping that, I, but I it did, was already so much of a parody. I did like the American Dragon Jake Long one because <laughs> it was one of those classic. We can't keep the bit going, so we have to break. <laughs> just okay, clearly listen, uncomfortable guys, with our get, own plan. You guys get the joke. <laughs> yeah, I, I love it when we're uncomfortable with our own bits. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. I also liked Spice and Wolf quite a bit. <laughs> oh, we're, we're oh. I'm just drunk, and you're a magical rat. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm Buskrat. I, I like the name Buskrat. I like it a lot. What does it mean? I don't know, but in my next D&D game, I'm definitely going to have like a tradesman who is a rat. Uh, I also, like, I know I'm just saying that a, a lot of them, but we've had a lot of good intros this year. For the Sonic the Hedgehog one, we had, uh, <laughs> oh, yes, we had Joshua our... as like Senator Robotnik. <laughs> our dear Senator. As a Senator Robotnik who started off trying for re-election and then quickly got into a weird immigration angle that I don't think was bad. <laughs> we keep on accidentally deporting people. <laughs> Poor people. Uh, yeah, so that was all pretty good. I, I think that the ones that you said are probably our strongest, though, so let's keep mm-hmm. it with those. Yeah, so we have so, Helsing, Batman, and Yogi Bear. Okay, so... Dear listener, this is the only podcast where Helsing and Yogi Bear will come up in the same category. Uh, yeah, uh, 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 you know, shamefully, like I don't think that's how, I don't think that's how the world should be. (laughs) That's that was not what was intended. No, it's this is this could not be the best of all possible worlds. How um, I guess, yeah, the best of all possible worlds has them in the same show. How do you voice by the same guy? Now we're getting into it. What were we talking about in Yogi Bear? How you could have anyone show up in Yogi Bear and it would look okay? <laughs> and if it's. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, yeah, that's fine. Uh, yeah, that, so, okay. The Helsing one, I absolutely adore. Your British accents were so funny. And, <laughs> yeah, I, like you said, you hadn't watched the Castlevania thing. I don't think Dan had either to that point, but they were very spot on, and I was very <laughs> impressed. It was kind of hard for me to, like... I don't feel like I feel like you guys did way better than me on that one, but it it came out really good. Um, I don't know what else I can say about it. The Batman one, I think I'm less keen on than you are, because I I like the premise. I don't feel like the execution was as strong, at least on my part. Uh, and unfortunately, and I hate to count this against, but like there were kind of some audio issues that didn't make it the most fun to listen to. Mm. Um, so. You know, it, it is there. We, we it it required well a lot it. of editing, and when I finally pieced it together in a way that I thought flowed well, I just couldn't stop laughing at it. <laughs> but I agree, it's not for everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's that's a pretty subjective thing. And I think the concept was funny. I just don't think that... Uh, I don't think we really, we really nailed it like we did the others. Mm. Uh, the Yogi Bear one has that high mark of we nailed it the first t- try. And you <laughs> were... Mm, Zane... <laughs> I'm continuously ashamed at my inability to improv next to you. Like you, like rhyming like Yogi Bear doing his crazy weird speech affectations, and the voice was so spot on. Oh, thank you. So and like that that last bit, that last rhyme is like, if you don't want a hibernation, then you'd better get your ass in station. Is <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's amazing. 
So I it's, love be- rhymes. it's between those two. What? I love rhyming. Yeah, no, it's that a was fun, very good. It's a fun event. And and I think that the the uh, the music that we put behind both of those was good because they were both my edits, and I put kind of a uh, yeah, Alucard we put, we... theme thing behind the Helsing intro. Um, and I put just the Yogi Bear kind of jingle on loop behind the yeah. Yogi Bear one, and they yeah, both I, worked very, very I well. Put, uh, I put Noir in the back of uh, the Batman one. We've been putting more music yes. in the intros, and I think it's a good move. I think it's a good choice. I think so, too. It's a it's a good hook. Um, I like to add as much as I can, which is uh, why my edits take a long time, but that's okay. So it's between those two. Gosh. I wanted to give, I want to give it to both of them. <laughs> um <laughs> let's see ah, man you know, you know i think i i think i think that the execution of both of them was the best i think what we want to do is like which one nailed the point better because the point mm-hmm. in the yogi bear intro was they're bears <laughs> and what if a person was a bear and talked like a person but had bear instincts, which is great. We, and whereas the, the Helsing one, the point was, well, vampires suck is a funny pun. I actually didn't even think of the pun. I was just kind of like, you know, there's a lot of anti-vampire this, bias. And also and this guy's a dick. <laughs> this guy's just being a, kind of an asshole. <laughs> I, I think uh, that they, they both executed just as well. I think I want to give it to Helsing. Okay. And they both I, I they, think Helsing I think flows into the good into the actual intro theme very well as well. I, I hadn't considered that, but yeah it does. Like the, 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 the Yogi Bear from one the spooky into the Yeah, into the jazz. The Yogi Bear one also flowed well, but it was more of the same theme really. Mm-hmm. And and I think I want to give the Helsing intro points because you know, it was it, in both of them you were doing a voice, in one of them you was do you were doing an accent. Yeah, and that's, yeah, I wasn't I think just a harder someone. thing to nail. Mm-hmm. Like the first sentence that you said was just so iconic and perfect that the rest of it just <laughs> felt very natural. Well, if it isn't, well, if it isn't the bloody sod himself, like what? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> I don't know what that is. Uh, it's awesome. I, and like having uh, Dan on as well, and just like matching that is, is yeah, because they were a different a accent though. Like they were they were complementary accents that just worked with each other <laughs> there there are 500 cockney accents and they're all acceptable <laughs> i agree <laughs> nice yeah so that's it's helsing it's helsing baby helsing baby all right next love up shack love shack baby i got Most me a car love shack. Jesus, they got a whale. Ooh, um <laughs> <laughs> he sounds like uh he sounds like chief from uh, <laughs> hey there gumshoe from, you're as big as a from whale. carmen san diego yeah <laughs> yeah that whole band is <laughs> sort of defies description w- what band is that again the b-52s b-52s they, that's right. they did uh rock lobster as well <laughs> that's true yeah yeah I, that really is a defied description kind of band it's like they were trying to be beck but like took a left turn at albuquerque um <laughs> All right, uh, next next category is best parody. Ooh. So I think that we it's weird, but we did a lot of shows that kind of had parody aspects to them. So I want you to pick the best one. Yeah. The first one, Phineas and Ferb. Um, it's sort of a parody of 
sitcoms from the last generation of sitcom. Like, they make constant jokes about, you know, aren't you too young for this? And then just saying, yes, they are too young for this. And everybody just walks away, their question answered. Like, yeah, they have a, a lot, lot of subversions. Of, a lot of weird subversive humor that is specifically aping previous kinds of formula, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the second one is fighting foodons surprising no one <laughs> <laughs> it is a uh, it's a parody on battle anime on mons shows on a bunch of anime shit that like it, it, even a little bit of the mech genre in there with the big monsters and it treats none of it seriously to its you know uh benefit mm -hmm. like it, it had to be treated like that to get anywhere and so i, I think that it the parody on that one is really sharp and good and the last one, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Ooh. As a parody of the noir genre. They basically like, we want to do noir, but we want to put it up against the weirdest foil we can. Let's put weird Bugs Bunny shit in there and see if we can still pull <laughs> off noir. And boy, did they ever succeed. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Those are good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought you would include, um, you know, Clerks or, or uh, the Oblongs, which are, I think. Clerks is a runner up. Clerks, Clerks is uh, like making fun of things, whereas the Oblongs is using the conventions in a, in a weird way. Um, but I, I like the choices you picked. Let's see. Thank you. So Phineas and Ferb is, I mean, yes, it's a, a parody bad of the like, show. <laughs> it's, it's it's a parody of the like childhood adventure show, um, but it's also a parody of the like secret agent thing. That's true. Um, so it's kind of pulling double duty. I don't know that it does the first one the best, but, my, you know, we're biased. <laughs> we are. This is, like, one of the most controversial opinions that we've had so far is that both of us dislike Phineas and Ferb for the most <laughs> part, and everyone else seems to love it. Um, well, they're wrong a, and don't have a podcast, so that's fine. I'm not sure how great it does as a parody, though, just because, um, you know, when you when you tally up the two columns, what is it? playing straight and what is it parodying i don't know that a ton of stuff's in the parody column i mean they do they do a lot with the dialogue they do mix things up a lot there um and the secret yeah. agent thing you know oh just the idea of combining these two types of shows but i don't i don't think it's uh, particularly unique in that in that aspect what if we just focused on the secret agent part well, there's a platypus <laughs> as your as your secret yeah, agent. There is. um Starting off on the high notes. You've got evil villain who doesn't really know what he's doing. Makes mad. I'm reminded a lot of the uh, of Kim Possible, actually, um, in, the, in that way. Yeah, that way. kind of set the groundwork for a lot of it. The, the kind of back and forth, you know, we both know what we're doing here. Let's just get on with it kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, and in that sense, it does a good job of saying, like, hey, we're making fun of this thing that you know. Um, yeah. Although Draken was already way over the top. Yeah, and, um, and had the benefit of being voiced by D John DiMaggio, which isn't to say that Professor Doofenshmirtz was bad. Um, I th I I'm not saying that it, it's a. I don't think it's a bad choice. Uh, I don't think it's going to win compared to either of the others. So I'm gonna I'm gonna push it off to the fair. side for now. That's fair. F fighting Fudons is a real interesting take, because it can be argued how much was intentional from the beginning and how much was added in by the. Uh, 
dubbers by the for kids. Like, dub. like when, when did they latch onto their own joke? <laughs> and the fact that it's like, um, you know, yes, monsters were very po- popular then. Is it dumb? Is food intrinsically dumber than anything else that was going on? You know, cards, uh, animals, um, discs. Um, yes, it is still dumber, and it's still it's a lot by dumber. far dumber. <laughs> well, I think we had a discussion of it. Like, food is inherently comedic. Yes, you know, banana like, cream like pie in your food. face is funnier than you know wet rag in your face, even though right. you will be moistened to the same degree. Yeah. I suppose that's true. I, I feel like a wet rag, like you're you're worried where it came from. Whereas like a cake, you're you're like, yeah, like oh, this probably why came is it from wet? oven. Oh, I know why it's... this is wet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know why this is wet. It is cake. <laughs> I mean, what you want a dry cake? No, it tastes terrible. You want, uh, a... You want a car mm. cake? Moist. Moist. Uh, and then we have uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which from the beginning was intended to be a style parody. From from and, the very first, from the intro music, it starts as noir and then... And it did such a good job of merging those two halves to make a whole and like bringing us in and making the world real while consistently subverting our expectations in the way that a cartoon would. Yes. So it was so almost I, like a parody of both noir and of a cartoon. So to, to put this into a boxing metaphor, you know, like I'm sure you would enjoy. Uh, Thank you. Who Framed Roger Rabbit is like a series of like little jabs that wear you down and and uh, get the point across in very subtle and fluid ways. And then Fighting Food on just a huge punch to the jaw. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> you're, you're going down. You might be able to get back up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, if we want to match the types, an outboxer like uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit is going to have a type advantage against a slugger such as Fighting Foodons. I was not aware of that, but that's uh, that kind of fits in my my <laughs> concept of it because, you know, it's not too difficult to do a big punch parody, um, although I think they did it very well. I think that's probably one of the best examples of a punch parody you could do. But the the mm-hmm. subtle parody of Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and it's just it's such a classic now. I think that's got to take it. Yeah, I, I I can see it. I think that because, it's difficult because it's both kind of measuring up the. I think it's difficult to measure up a movie versus a cartoon because the cartoon had to run for a lot longer. Well, you know this but, is the weird owl thing. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Mm. No, 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 you got it. Well, this is the weird owl thing. The best parodies also take the parts of the original and make them better like it also can be categorized under the original thing and Mm -hmm. in far as noir and tune it's both of those and more that is true i appreciate both of them but i find new frame draw rabbit far more impressive yeah on a technical level absolutely and a conceptual level on every level really excepting you know the level that is me enjoying somebody who has the plate of fried rice for a head <laughs> that, that one fighting food on has that one he edged barely, out in that category just a little just just barely uh sweet all right uh we're getting to the back half so ben time for you to pick the most confusing social the the Time for you to pick the, the most, most confusing confu- sentence. I the nominate most... whatever you just said. <laughs> the most confusing social commentary. 
Yeah, that is kind of a tongue twister. Uh, so this is a show that had a message, and every part of the show was geared toward putting forward that message, and somewhere along the way they forgot their metaphor. Um, <laughs> they just kind of lost track of, of what point they were trying to get across, and it kind of hurt the overall experience. Okay. Uh, so first up, we have the Oblongs. This fascinating critique of, of uh, capitalism and leaving people behind and, and, you know, private interests damaging the public good. Mm-hmm. While also having this sort of Randian, like, oh, if you just stay positive and keep working hard, things will turn out all right. Because often enough, they do. Yeah, a um, very individualist kind of triumph perspective in the middle of your social dystopia, which is it, the, they don't quite go together. Like, one of them is very optimistic, and one of them is very pessimistic. Yeah, at the end of it, we're still rooting for the guy who does believe in the system. Uh, And at the same time, you know, there's there's this other stuff where the show's just not as progressive in social ways as -hmm. uh, as we'd like it at this point. So, yeah, the Oblongs. Uh, Next up, we have Fern Gully. Um, Yep. Fern Gully is, like, the environmentalism cartoon uh it's yeah it's just it's dances with wolves it's pocahontas but this one is specifically not about colonialism it's about the environment right and hexis loved uh. hexis is a real problem is <laughs> <laughs> a real issue here because it's no oh, longer boy. the human's fault that's, no it's <laughs> that shit went down it's a part of nature destroying another part of nature, which they've said on many occasions is good. <laughs> it's, it's really something. And at the end of it, you know, Zach's like, hey, we got to we got to make the world a better place. We've got to show the humans where they erred. And it's like, where did they err? No, giving birth is... to a swamp spirit. If you weren't here, everyone would have died. Like. <laughs> So yeah, just just yeah. very muddled there. Uh, it's and finally, weird. finally, it's another movie. It's B movie. Um, <laughs> ostensibly, the commentary is bees are important because of honey and because of flowers. But good luck yeah. getting any meaning out of that. <laughs> yeah, I, like like they had sort of like you could write a paper on any of the messages B movie might have had. Uh, but it didn't sell any of them. So like, it's really muddled. Like, standing up for the little guy, or animal rights, or slavery, or unions, or just bees. Like, I can't say that the movie had any of those points, but it made the point at some somewhere along the movie, and just did not commit to it. Okay, I, I see what you're saying. Like, if you told somebody the moral of B movie is unions are good. They wouldn't believe you. <laughs> no one yeah, would have gotten I, I that from believe, a first watch. I wouldn't believe anyone who said that B-movie was about something. <laughs> it's about Jerry <laughs> think, Seinfeld is, and his long con. <laughs> yeah, it, that is a very confusing thing. I was thinking maybe five centimeters per second would fit into this rubric, but that that theme it's was a, very clear. It's a personal commentary, not a social commentary. The problem was that the metaphor got confused, like... Cherry blossoms mean anything. The, if you just take it from a like person perspective, like I think that the theme is very complete, of like yeah, you know, taking your own time to move on and and needing to, um, 
needing to grow comfortable with yourself before you can kind of move past your 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 beginnings yeah and cherry cherry blossoms aren't really a symbol in themselves they're just sort of a message to the viewer hey look for symbolism around here so somebody yeah a little bit somebody hit a box of symbolism (laughs) x marks the spot it's like a butterfly in corpse pride it's just like oh okay that's what they're talking about got it (laughs) okay there's a metaphor it's in there somewhere It's, it's in there somewhere it's color or freedom or something okay so um I forgot what the oh con, most confusing social commentary. We got oblongs, we got B movie, and we've got what was the other one? Fern Gully. Fern Gully, thank you. So most confusing social commentary. I don't think that oblongs is all that confusing. I think that it is. You might also say most confused, like the show itself wasn't quite sure. It, it's certainly not cohesive, but I think the two parts add up to a greater whole, which is viewing the life of this kind of blue collar you know living paycheck to paycheck kind of guy and you you view it both through how society treats him and how he operates given the society around him you know he can't really believe he can't really trust that you know things are going to work out because he has money or any kind of safety net so what does he or or anybody above him? He can't really depend on them. So what does he do? He he adopts a very positive perspective because that's where he finds strength. And I think that that is you know it it kind of brings to mind the idea of a person can have all the money in the world, but they kind of sacrifice their soul to do it, and they don't actually enjoy having the money. Whereas a person who's just kind of living day to day can find meaning and peace with the world that they happen to live in, even if it's not perfect. Uh-huh. And I, I think that those two messages together cohere in a very nice way. So even though they are, are different messages, they both inform the same struggle. Yeah. I, um, I, I see it. In a way that I really in a way that I really appreciated. Okay. Um so let's let's toss that one out. And then Ferngully versus B movie. <laughs> <laughs> Which one cut think- its own legs off harder? Oh, absolutely. I mean, Hexus cut its own legs off, cut the legs off of Fern Gully, but it did it like all at once with a guillotine as opposed to Jerry Seinfeld, which is like, you know, a bunch decapitating of with a, it's like decapitating you with a, with a rusty spoon. Like it just <laughs> it takes forever and like, you're not really sure what they're doing and like it I'm adds up waiting. over time. It's, yeah, it's, um, so it's kind of like what you were talking about with the parody thing for fighting foodons being a big punch versus Who Framed Roger Rabbit being a bunch of little punches. I don't know which is more confusing. <laughs> I To say that B-Movie had a confusing social message would be to say that it had a social message, and I'm unwilling to do that. <laughs> like, I don't think they thought that far. I don't think they were trying to say anything. Like, I, there's yeah. no other, there's no other message I can pull from B movie other than we're doing whatever the fuck we feel like, <laughs> and and not really trying you to make to, a story. You have to believe in yourself because the bees can fly, and also, yeah, like there's just everything. <laughs> yeah, what are you they talking all kind of cancel about? out. <laughs> yeah, that it. Yeah, so I, I'm gonna go with um, I'm gonna go with the other one, Fern uh, Gully. Fern Gully. Yeah, Fern yeah, Gully. I, it it had one message, which is you know, we're the humans are 
you know, we have to take responsibility for our actions here. And the existence of Hexus is we don't have to take responsibility for our actions here. Yeah. So it, it's just very starkly opposed The messages. problem of Hexus came from like, well, we have to make this into like an actual movie and not just like fairy, you know, fairy human slash fic. Like, was, <laughs> I would have accepted that, but I, I, I agree I would have that accepted it was a, anything. It was a concession, certainly, but the concession took a lot away from what otherwise would have been a really compelling kind of uh, uh, responsibility narrative. Yeah. So yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, we got a couple more left. Let's do who would win in a fight. Oh, this is always great. Now, you said you had been thinking about a couple of characters who might belong here. Well, um, I, I don't know I who do. you were thinking of. I have a but... couple that I think should be disqualified if you bring them up, but we'll get into okay. it. Okay, we'll talk about it. Um, so the three that I thought of were the obvious one is Alucard. Yeah. <laughs> he is way too strong, even within his own show, to the point of which when he shows up, everything is just over. <laughs> Um, there is Brave Star, who, you know, New Texas needed a thousand lawmen, and they only got one, but he was enough. <laughs> great, Badass. Great tagline. It's great tagline. And, it, and it's demonstrably true. Like, he, he is very <laughs> capable. Um, and I, I, in order to make it a little bit more fair, I'm going to give him his support network of, uh, you know, um, Lightning Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> and Lightning Sherlock. <laughs> if you don't know what we're talking about, go listen to Brave Star because it's important to me. <laughs> it's and deep, then finally, it's deeply personal level. This resonates. I. That's not even an exaggeration. That's exactly what it is. Uh, and then finally, um, I don't know if this is. I, I'm not sure if this is correct, but he always struck me as a pretty strong protagonist at least physically. Like, I don't like him that much, but he seems pretty powerful. Uh, Danny Phantom. I would agree with that. He's such a strong character in his setting that other ghosts don't really have a chance. Like, they, <laughs> he barely tries, and he can get there. Um, and he, he gets new ghost powers, as the plot demands. They're all pretty pretty crazy. He can teleport. He can split into multiple people by the end of it. He's got this ghostly whale sonic wave attack he's got shields he's got ray blasts mm -hmm. um if you feel like it'd be a better fight to get to make him to make this uh, character vlad masters then <laughs> go for it um uh, but i figure just no i think sticking to I protagonists good, would be good i think these are good options um i'm glad you didn't include batman because i think we should have a batman clause where <laughs> batman for this because <laughs> he would I, absolutely I honestly win. don't know if he would beat any of these other guys um, they're all supernatural Braves? Brave Star, I'm kind of on the fence about because I think he would try to work things out. Uh, and we, also, we I have know, to. I don't know how physically we have to accept capable that he's... he is. I don't. I just don't think he's in the same tier as the other guys. Whereas I was thinking uh, Jackie Chan might be a better, uh, a better option. I was thinking All of Jackie Chan, but he, he he very rarely. I I don't know. He he's good at beating up mooks, but when something supernatural happens, he kind of can't hold his okay, own. Okay, let's let's do Brave Star then. Let's do let's do that. I think Brave Star is a better pick. Okay, so the way that we do this is we have a series of one-on-one -on -one fights, and if there's a tie, we have a free-for-all. Mm -hmm. So let's start with uh, Alucard versus Brave Star. Mm -hmm. So 
you know, this is, I don't know how keyed in you were back, uh, like a decade ago, people were talking about pirates and, uh, ninjas and all that. And then somebody and zombies, said cowboys. Yes. Um, and there was this rock, paper, scissors thing where a pirate would beat a cowboy because cowboys only fight at high noon and the pirate would cheat and pull the gun first. Um, mm-hmm. Ninjas beat pirates because they operate in the shadows and they're they're just better at sneaking up and, and taking them down. But sure. uh, the cowboy beats the ninja because they only fight during high noon and therefore the ninja's stealth advantage is negated. So right. Alucard is kind of like a like a ninja and Bravestar is kind of like a cowboy. Does that uh, matter? He's exactly Doubtful. like a cowboy. <laughs> he is a cowboy. <laughs> he's a marshal. So... I actually haven't heard of that uh, kind of, you know, triangle. Rock, paper, scissors. Yeah. Uh, that rock, paper, scissors. I kind of like it. Um, it doesn't make nonsense, though, because Brave Star, Brave Star does have very keen senses thanks to the eyes of the hawk and the ears of the puma. So he can probably, you right. know, Alucard is not going to be able to get the jump on him. Yeah. And also, like, this is going to be taking place on New Texas because Brave Star has only left once. Um, mm-hmm. And New Texas has three suns. Uh, Alucard's not going to have a lot of places to skulk around in the darkness. Sure. So now he's—they the both setting itself guns. is in a Brave Star's advantage. Yes. Um, I guess the question is: Does Brave Star have the forewarning about this guy based on uh, his supernatural abilities, or perhaps his network of people he can trust? Whereas Alucard is just going to come in and, and just sort of wreck shop. I don't really remember all of Alucard's abilities other than a gun and a demon dog form. That's that's the trick with Alucard. Is it, his, He's always more. <laughs> his power is variable depending on how much effort he feels like putting into the fight. Right. So if you want to do it on those merits, he probably sees Bravestar as having some abilities and needing some of his power. So he'll do like limited power of these seven or something like that. What yeah. if Brave Star is stronger than he anticipates? What happens? So this is the thing, right? I think Brave Star has the. I think he can detect him. He's got those ears. Alucard is stealthy, but you know, I think if it's on New Texas, he's you know cancels some of that out. And I think mm-hmm. with the speed of the Puma, like we've seen Alucard like move fast, like jut in and and take somebody down but those were regular people i don't think he's like outpaced a super speed guy <laughs> i think Star has this one really um, it's it's very like like it's circumstantial it depends on a lot of factors but i think just based on the fact that brave star is going to know alucard's coming uh, i think that hmm. and and he can prep his strength and speed i think that gives him an edge because brave well, star doesn't he have can to close kill. the distance he doesn't but have to kill Alucard. He just needs to, like, make his him. planet safe from him. Now, Alucard can turn into, like, a cloud of bats, and it can regenerate from, like, a severed I forgot how many and... stupid powers he has. Um, yeah, so I'm, what I'm wondering is, so Bravestar can meet Alucard, like, in person, but how does he actually take him down? How does he subdue him? That's what I'm wondering. Oh, hmm. Like, how does he... Is the strength of the bear enough? Because you can't put him in handcuffs because he can bat out. Right. I want to say that the carrium deposits have some weird radiation. Yeah, that, uh, that's really reaching, though. And we remember from the show that other vampires are... You need specific tools to take them out. That's true. That's true. Uh, but but 
Alucard carries around a gun that can kill vampires. So all Bravestar needs to do is get it from him. Yeah, and he's been in a saloon bar room bar fight before. Like he can, you know, knock the guy's gun away and use it. Yeah, absolutely, because he's trying to resolve this without a gun. How is he to know that the gun doesn't have like, <laughs> you know, rubber bullets in it? <laughs> Every deniability, other JB. Uh, I do want to look at the uh, other matchups. So, uh, Alucard versus Danny Phantom is uh like that's much closer cuz Danny Phantom's already got like uh um you know ghost powers so ghosts and vampires are a bit closer um energy blasts you know we've seen alucard dodge bullets um disappearing you know that's not really gonna help you long term flight not really gonna help you like i just don't think danny's got any takedown options i also think that his uh arrogance is gonna get the best of him danny's much more of a charge in head first and then reevaluate whereas brave yeah, star gonna... is more of a reconnaissance well and, no i mean i'm and... talking about Al- versus alucard right now no i i know i'm saying that brave oh, star yeah, yeah. had an advantage in that matchup because he could see him coming and could kind of right. plan for it whereas danny phantom kind of is an idiot <laughs> yeah we've seen this time and again in danny phantom where he he sees an enemy he goes and is like this is going to be easy and then he gets beaten up a little bit and has to come up with a good plan Alucard's mm-hmm. not going to give him a second chance. <laughs> He's just going to kill him. <laughs> I agree. Um, so then we've got uh, Danny Phantom versus Brave Star. And let's see. Ghosts. Ooh, that's kind of like spirits. Um, so Danny will get Brave that Star's second chance that. here. And he could definitely yeah. do like a spirit trick. Um. He's got laser blasts, so he can't be disarmed. He's mm-hmm. got the sonic... Oh, he's got that sonic scream. So, you know, Brave Star's like, oh, I'm going to detect him with the ears, and he gets overloaded on sound. That happens every time somebody has super hearing. So I think I think we might have to move to a battle royale. I think I agree. And also, he can turn intangible. Like, that's one of his big tricks. And Brave Star kind of can't do anything to intangible stuff. Yeah, no grip. He got no grip. Yeah. If you, if you can't arm wrestle him, what do you even do? <laughs> um, I like to think so, that the shaman might actually be able to help him out with that, like be able to turn him intangible or like even the playing field. Yeah, probably. Because I think um, Brave Star is a little underpowered, so maybe we should give him a that at least. So where is this battle royale taking place? Um, I don't know. Where because, Where is thematically appropriate? Because it seems like a really easy answer to say Brave Star is not going to attack first. He's just going to take things in. Danny is going to go headstrong into the guy who looks most dangerous, which is Alucard. He's going to yeah, get wrecked, and then Brave Star is just going to apprehend him. Like, I don't... I think it is going to be like that just because Danny's not going to go after Brave Star, and Brave Star is not going to go after Danny first thing. I'm not certain about that. I think that Brave Star, I don't know. This is really hard to tell. The only other thing I can think of is if Alucard knows who Danny is and pretends to be Vlad Masters and does that whole, like, I am your father thing, and then they, like, convince him to team up. I don't think a team up is possible between these three. A team up is not a thing that Alucard would do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think that you might be right. Like... I think that the, I think that the Danny definitely charges first. 
and Alucard summarily executes him. And then it's Brave Star versus Alucard. But, you know, the thing is, I, I think that Brave Star could provide Alucard with enough trouble to want to escape. I don't think that he could actually defeat him. Hmm. You know? Ooh, Th- does that make the... sense to you? <laughs> and then we get the adventures of Brave Star Vampire Hunter Hunter, <laughs> uh, <laughs> where he hunts Alucard throughout New Texas. Oh Ben, let's just grow this. Let's grow this uh, expanded universe. Yeah, I mean, he looks enough like Tex Hex. It didn't probably work. I yeah. don't think that Brave Star would actually be able to take Alucard down, but he might win an initial bout. Okay. So if you want to go with that one, then let's do Brave Star. I think Brave Star's got it. Which like nice on on the, on the books, he seems like the weakest of the three, but he's got absolutely like, he's got a really good foil versus Alucard. Yeah, he's he's got all of the advantages in his direction. Um, I think if you and were, like it, if the battle was taking place on Alucard's, I think I think it comes down to home turf. Yeah, and I think that Brave Star is gonna be on his home turf, as you said. He very rarely leaves. He's the sheriff there. You know, he so really... so if. If it was on, if it was on uh, New Texas, Brave Star win. If it's on Earth, he now has access to Lightning Sherlock Holmes, and the two of them can <laughs> absolutely take down Alucard. <laughs> We're not counting that. We're totally but counting I, it. I'm surprised because Alucard is extremely overpowered. But I know, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, I, I like seeing an underdog win. Yeah. Nice job, Brave Star. Brave yeah, you didn't think he was gonna be up to snuff. I didn't. I really didn't. You forgot about the the eyes of the hawk and the ears of the puma are or the ears of the wolf are like very strong tools to get him to get the to get the to get the drop. Yeah, I think ears. <laughs> super hearing did it. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> and plus, he's very experienced with fighting like you know buggy boos in the middle of the night. Buggy boos. Yeah, he's yeah. not afraid. He's not going to be cowed. He ain't afraid. That's right. I ain't afraid right. of no ghost. Good job, Brave Star. What's next? All right. Uh, this is my final one. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Coolest Ability. Okay. So this is uh, something that came up in the in a show uh, where we look at it and we're like, I want to do that. Okay. Um, so first off, we have uh, those ghost powers from Danny Phantom. Uh, just like the theming of it all is awesome. You know, it's... You know, you have those energy blasts, but they're not that strong. But everything else, like, uh, this is a very good recon hero. Uh, just being able to fly, phase through walls, turn invisible. Like, these are all very good uh, options. It does make you much more unique than the other guy. I guess I'll say that much. Well, all the other guys have those powers, too. So that doesn't quite count. But just <laughs> that having any of them. actually demonstrably false. <laughs> Every other supervillain has these. <laughs> Plus, okay. uh, it'd be really cool if you had to get drafted into um, fighting ghosts and sending them back to the ghost dimension. It's the ghost dimension is so dumb. I love it. <laughs> I love how dumb it is. Um, next up, we have tuniness or tune physics uh, from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Ooh, that's fun. So this is like uh, deformation, the ability to do physics-breaking things as long as it's funny. As um, long as it's funny, that's the that's the kicker from that movie. Is like they're bound to be funny at all times. So if mm-hmm. it's not funny, they're not allowed to do it. You can recover from any injury. Um, so yeah, just just uh, being like a tune. 
Like a toon. Mm-hmm. Toons kill my brother. Toon world, Yugi. <laughs> Fucking God. And don't keep just Pegasus. walk right past it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I stepped in some Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, Maximilian Pegasus is the best name <laughs> just ever. Uh, and final ability, uh, rebooting. So this is... Mm. Uh, in reboot, Bob was a guardian. He was able to reboot inside of a game to gain context-specific abilities. Uh, so basically, inside of a game, he could, you know, if it's a racing game, he can become, uh, you know, a car racer. If this is a fighting game, he gets super fighting powers. So like, it's just context-specific ability. Okay. Yeah, I I kind of like that one a lot. Um, yeah, it's not the, necessarily the most useful. It's just very cool. I I think it's very useful. Like, I, imagine you walk into any place that you're not supposed to be, and you reboot to you know trick the guards. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, that, or that's, like that, that oh, sounds very utilitarian. Oh, my friends want to go to this hot club, but I don't have you know the right gear. Oh, I got like, good oh, threads. But not only do you look cool now, now you have like coolness, uh, like aura, or like you yeah. know what makes you look better. Yeah, you've got like a funk meter. <laughs> the funkometer is off the charts. <laughs> it's off the chain over there. My funk yeah, or, like, or you're like walking through, you know, you're like walking through a town. And you're like, oh, I didn't know there was a municipal pool there, but I didn't bring my swim trunks. Reboot. <laughs> and now you're, you know, now you got a beach ball and a pool noodle and everything. Yeah. It just, it seems like very utilitarian, the ability to reboot. That sounds yeah. great. Um, um, yeah. So what are the other ones? Uh, ghost powers and tuniness. I don't like ghost powers very much. Like, I think that the ray blasts are cheesy and not that thematically appropriate. Okay. And, you know, I I, I think I like... Well, I like... I, I picked it for the theme, but we can substitute in talisman powers. <laughs> talisman powers are cool but i think that's encroaching a little bit too hard into empowered um i don't like the theme of the ghost powers should be just because it's not really a good theme like the the ghostly uh-huh. whale for like a banshee is fine um splitting into multiple forms and you know teleporting that doesn't really feel like a ghost to me a ghost to me feels like invisible walk through walls possess and he doesn't really oh, have a yeah. possess either possess would have been awesome yeah, so I think that he just kind of has a bunch of superpowers, and they just did Ghost, because why not? Um, so this, <laughs> the theme didn't really work for me. Okay. So it's it's Reboot or Tuniness. the other thing. Tuniness, yeah. Yeah, so I don't one have of anything against Tuniness. Like, what? I, what were you going to say? Well, it's sort of like Tuniness is like this really cool bag of tricks, um that or or like you you yourself uh can kind of break the world um whereas rebooting you are adapting to fit the world so i guess it it's a matter of approach i i i really think that i like rebooting i think that that's the, the rebooting is a very cool power it's so utilitarian and it just i would uh, like one of my least favorite things to do is be in a public place that I don't belong in, and this fixes. <laughs> you know, it, it just makes my world so much bigger and so much easier to articulate through. And I, uh, yeah. I really appreciate it for that. 
Yeah. And yeah. I like the, the fact great. that you don't have yeah, to use fucking it. Fucking weird show, but great power. Oh, you're going to make me clip in that uh, that ridiculous intro. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> to defend no my friends. <laughs> no one's sure who the user is, but I intend to find out. Not after episode three, you don't. <laughs> don't care. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so it, it's it's reboot. Okay. Yeah. All right, Ben. All right, What's and now penultimate? it is my last category, and I chose for my last category the biggest load of nonsense, uh, which is a show <laughs> whose details did not cohere so this is a show where uh you know it's not merely that it's weird it's that it is nonsensical so it a show can be weird and still be like appropriate like coherent yeah like sheep in the big city was weird but it was all the same kind of thing yeah this is you want to be able when you're explaining it to somebody you have to go back and like clarify a bunch of the words yeah, you, you need to put a lot of addendums and asterisks in your explanation. Like, <laughs> a paragraph is not enough to describe a show like this. Like, okay, so he goes into the video game, but he's playing the video game, and he's fighting <laughs> the monsters, and the monsters fight each other, but he's also fighting the monsters. Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> this is hard. Uh, so, to that point, uh, the first one is Reboot. Reboot. Yeah. Uh, Why does the one of my favorite things playing a about, game destroy part of a computer? <laughs> one of my favorite things about Reboot is that it's in that magical realm of like the 90s where people knew what computers were but didn't quite know what they meant. Yes. So so, so, so all of the, like, there's a bunch of weird leet speak that is bizarre and not really based in reality in any oh, meaningful so way. so chrome. Yeah, I love when things are chrome. Uh and just like the the plot didn't make any sense and they've made no effort to make the plot make sense like there's a <laughs> diner inside of a computer where games drop in and you know the game code affects megabyte who's trying to get access to the pentagon it's like where are we what are we and even bob, doing and bob is a guardian from the internet um, who's training what, him? <laughs> a guardian from the there's, internet that's there's the hackers and code. ai enzo aged it's just a, just a real <laughs> mess. <laughs> it's just it's just a terrible mess. It's a good way to put it. Uh, the second one is B movie. Oh God, B movie! <laughs> <laughs> By your own admission, it didn't really know what it was doing at any given point. Well, uh, it, it's like, a ridiculous. It's a ridiculous framework for a ridiculous thing. And most of it makes sense up through about the halfway point. And then there's a trial, and then all the flowers are dying, and then they try to land a plane. (laughs) You know, there's a weird little interspecies romance, and for some reason, Jerry Seinfeld is now a lawyer. (laughs) It's just real garbage. It's it's fascinating, and I've said it before. It looked like they learned a bunch of B-facts and then promptly discarded all of their notes. It does feel like that, in the favor of frankly great puns but you know it's still a bunch of nonsense and then the last bunch of nonsense is captain simeon and the space monkeys which i think you'll agree i think i will (laughs) yeah that 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 show we had uh nick robes on for and a couple other people were apparently excited i uh didn't tell you this but my friend uh sean from texas he's a longtime listener of the show and a good friend of mine and he listened to captain simeon and the space monkeys 
because he actually also liked that show as a kid and had oh, wow. to recontextualize <laughs> a lot of what uh, when, happened when, when we were talking shit about it for two hours <laughs> straight. It's not that it was that also, bad. It's just it was confusing. It was extremely confusing. I had a lot he of also, strange emotions toward Captain Chuck Simeon. He he also uh, called me recently and was very adamant about learning where bricklayers came from because he was like. <laughs> searching through it on the internet and couldn't come up with anything and i'm just like oh sean you're such a sweet boy <laughs> he's too good for this world <laughs> he's too pure uh, if you're listening which i know you are uh thank you for that sean that was magical <laughs> makes my day oh um, yeah but yeah so um what why why uh captain simeon oh, oh man where do i it started um so the plot of it is that a monkey is sent off into space by the U.S. government and lands on an alien civilization who give him just enough intelligence to become as smart as a person. And then he's like, the only smart thing to do is to induct four other simian creatures from the <laughs> from the Earth to help me in my fight against evil. And the fight against evil is not a thing that the person who told him about it explained at all before promptly leaving the universe forever. And, and you know, like, the, the, the thing for evil is the son of a black hole and a person and one of his main <laughs> minions is like a guy who can't stop making brain puns like he came out of looney tunes i i don't know man where do you where do you start and where do you stop with that <laughs> you start and stop at Reese's 2 Reese's 2 is a good name um which i wow. do not mind so these these shows are all really great examples of just a load of nonsense um, <laughs> which one is the biggest load of nonsense so captain simeon and the space monkeys you know there there is precedent right planet of the apes uh we sent the monkey into space uh that, yeah uh 2001 the space odyssey yeah that conceit is present in science fiction um the other stuff is a little <laughs> bit trickier so we brain augmentation great sci-fi trope Really, what it comes down to is the villains, um, guy who throws his own brain, and guy who is happy. <laughs> where brains hole. are just a, we're just a, a plentiful, re, a bountiful resource on his home planet, so he just uses them for everything. They're like coal. And the guy who is half a black hole. Um, <laughs> what does that mean? So, <laughs> so that's that's where most of its points come from. Uh, reboot again. I think like. Yes, it's very confusing. Uh, that comes from confusion of the uh, people making it. So, yes, life in a computer, that's that's a thing we've seen before. Um, you know, the, the idea of the Guardians and the rebooting and the games destroying the computer, no part of it makes sense, but it does cohere. Um, and if you can mm. watch a few, you start to, like, follow along with the logic of it. I guess it's I all think... on theme. Like, it's all on brand. And, and that's the thing. Reboot and Captain Simeon are science fiction. Things are allowed to... Um, I, I can suspend some disbelief. Yeah, B one of my favorite things is... in science fiction is when they drop me in and don't explain things. That's true. Which they did B well movie... in both, but in Reboot it made sense. B-movie, ostensibly, takes place in our world. <laughs> <laughs> Where Ray Liotta has a brand of honey... And <laughs> a blood feud against Jerry Seinfeld that I don't understand. <laughs> and bees are sentient, but bears are not. <laughs> no, they're mindless killing machines. 
Ben, it's gotta be B movie. Like, <laughs> does it? <laughs> I th- I think it does. Like, it's it's renowned for being a load of nonsense. And even though we did our best to try and make that thing make sense, I I just think it's it's too many things mashed together. And like, mm-hmm. because we know what bees are, and because we know what Jerry Seinfeld is, um. Like, we have a bit more of an entrance into it. So when you're just explaining, like, Captain Simeon or Reboot to somebody who has no context, it's a little bit harder. But taken as a whole, B-Movie is just such an anomalous, like, askew look at the world. <laughs> and like you said, there's just so much incongruous there. It, it, it is pretty incongruous. I, I think that they... I would give it to either one, but I understand your reasoning. I think they're all great options. I mean, trying to explain it rather than watch it is going to be very funny. Um, but B-Movie, you're also confused just watching it. Yeah, you don't know why they did the things that they did. And, and I, won't, I won't deny, Reboot, they also didn't explain much. <laughs> but they did it in like a nice sci-fi way where like you you know, you don't explain the important words. And the person just figures, like, that's the best part of Dune. You know, they just expect you to yeah. pick up the lingo. Um, and and, and I got of, a similar the, feeling from that. Part of the confusing charm of Reboot is from that old-style animation. The the limited, uh, you know, the yeah, very the, early 3D stuff. The, the, the early kind of, yeah, CGI kind of thing. Uh, yeah, and, the, you know, the, 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 the conceit of that all taking place in kind of an old DOS kind of uh, operating system... I think it all makes sense together, even if I yeah. couldn't explain any given piece like, of it. Like, if you had a paragraph to describe each of these, B-Movie is the one where, like, there's still you can so much only there. Describe it, you can kind of only describe it as a run-on sentence. <laughs> well, there's just, there's just too much way. there that would still need to be explained. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, there is an explanation, which is just it's a dumb movie, but that's a very unsatisfying explanation. No, Jerry Seinfeld is the Highlander. <laughs> the Highlander, though. Yeah, I, I can see it. Cool. Uh, and shout out to Nick Robes for uh, being on the Captain Simeon and the Space Monkeys episode. That was like the least coherent episode that we've done, I would say. <laughs> shout out to everyone but who's come on. This has been a very good year for, for episodes. Banner year for Carton Friends. Our, our, our Egbert society is growing shell by shell. And before we move um, yeah. on to our final category, uh, thank you all for listening and joining us. Um, this yeah. is, is and continues to be a blast, and we're we're not going to stop. You can't make us. You can try, and I will submit. I'm kind of a coward. Oh, but don't, yeah, car carrying. you clearly like this show. Like, I can't imagine the circumstance that would lead you to do that. Some weird monkey's paw kind of thing um, that would lead you to make us want to stop this show. But the power is yours, much like Captain Planet. And uh, like the power being yours, you should always know that we want to hear from you. So if you you know, ever want to comment or suggest a category for the next Cartoni Awards or suggest a show to do, we hope to hear from you. Oh, and we did get, uh, we did get uh, one option on uh, categories, right? Uh, if you wanted oh, to. Oh, yeah. Just, we, we didn't pick them just because we had a lot of stuff that we already wanted to go through. Uh, but they are mm-hmm. very funny categories, and we'd like to list them here. Yeah, go for it. Well, you have them. I, do I have to find oh. them? Oh, no, 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 I got it. Um, yeah, so this Audience, is from we're our, still bad uh, at this. <laughs> no, 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 I got it, I got it. Uh, so this is a, uh, these are categories that a uh, friend of ours, a friend of the family, uh, his name is Richard, 
uh, gave to us. Uh, so, if Richard, if you're listening to this, thank you for these. We d- didn't get to actually talk about them, um, but I think that these are pretty funny categories. So, first is most accurate depiction of modern day ennui. I would have to look that up, and I'm not about to do that. Definitely oblongs. Uh, <laughs> Probably the oblongs, yeah. Uh, second is best of the poorly rated, much-loved, panned-by-critics with a cult following kind of shows. So which one is the best cult classic? Probably B-movie. Oh, B-movie, yeah. <laughs> like, people love it. Uh, they People like jazz, and they don't know how to articulate it. Uh, the third one is the most nonlinear series. I guess that you could watch in any order, and it would still make sense. Or, uh, I don't know, cartoons... A lot of cartoons just are meant to be watched as one-off stuff. Yeah, the kind of Monster of the Week format of things like Brave Star uh, would probably have high in the running there. Um, mm. But yeah, though that, that would also be a good category to do. And the fourth one is Rick and Morty. <laughs> like as a category. That's <laughs> as, as pretty funny. <laughs> like like which, ep- which, ep- which show is most Rick and Morty? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think it would have funny. to be Captain Simeon. <laughs> I, I no, don't know about that. It's something. <laughs> It, it, I don't. I don't want to think about it anymore. <laughs> That's fair. But but I I do appreciate the comment. And if we could have, yeah. you know, if we could have gotten to it ahead of time, then uh, we would have put it in. But no dice. All right. So, uh, here we go. Hmm. This is it. It is time for us to vote on the best episode of the year. Uh, the way that this works is Ben and I are both going to submit two episodes. Uh, we'll each. Uh, counter one of the others and then we will decide from the final two yes uh so zane do you want to lead us off i will start us off strong um with uh, <laughs> what i think is a real contender uh fighting foodons <laughs> really <laughs> so i <laughs> when i was listening to this episode um because we realized immediately what the show was we weren't limited in trying to make sense of it. We could just revel in how much nonsense it was, and I think we got some really good stuff out of it. I I do agree. I'm just surprised because the show itself is so banal. But <laughs> sure. I mean like yeah, that was a fun episode. I think I think we had a good intro. I think we had a good uh uh cadence, good momentum. We had so much fun that we forgot until like the next day that we didn't re- we didn't say anything about the intro to the show itself. Yeah, we had to do that separately. <laughs> like a patreon exclusive little edition yeah a really fun and funny episode yeah i i agree uh what Um, about you so for me uh assuming that you haven't also chosen this uh i chose helsing Ooh. Uh, i don't know if you also chose that but i i think that it's probably the show the episode that i have listened to the most out of this past year um we had dan caves on it he was so excited to talk about the origins of the vampire myth. <laughs> yeah, uh, we, we didn't, we didn't mention Vlad what Dracula. it was until like 10 minutes in. Yep. Uh, we, we talked about our Halloween adventures. I was in Salem, and that was a fun conversation. And all the characters were so strong, and the theming was so strong, and the conversation just, it, it never really died down. Like, it was just very quality talking to Dan Caves from start to finish. Mm-hmm. So I think, and, and that intro is immortal. That intro's so good. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Uh, Helsing gets a slot. Nice. Um, it is not on my uh, on my two. I tend to prefer okay. prefer the um, more shorter or punchier episodes. 
um, mm-hmm. with a lot of gravy. So uh, this one's going to be Yogi Bear. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so um, I love... Say your uh, sources. I love the Yogi Bear episode. Um, I think that we get a lot out of it. Um, just Just looking at how old style cartoons did things and how wacky they are if you are willing to like approach them a certain way um i i think we got a ton out of the vocal stuff from uh from yogi bear i think figuring out the relationship between him and ranger smith was great uh and also (laughs) like just bringing in information from all of the like yogi bear side information stuff like the like the 2010 animated uh film starring dan Aykroyd and justin timberlake (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah and it's got a lot so much history behind it you know there's just so much content there yeah to, to kind of pick from and and all yeah. the things he said like we had to write down so many quotes yeah it was nothing it's just a day of quotes <laughs> it was very very good <laughs> yeah um i i tend to agree and what's yours so uh yeah, so I, I had a hard time picking between this one. So if you want to place one in place of another, that's fine. But uh, I wanted to give at least a shout out to Gem and the Holograms as an episode. Mm-hmm. It was like I I think that I fell the hardest for this. If there was a category of like which did <laughs> you expect surprise. not to like that you fell in love with, it's Gem and the Holograms one hundred percent. Like it's sure. that that show is extremely quality and it does something that we've never seen before. Uh, at least not well and you know there, there's just there was a lot of fun themes about personality and power and individuality and you know aside from the weird synergy kind of sci-fi nonsense it, we, what you had was like a really powerful girl show as uh in the 80s that um was very influential and i wish i had seen more of mm. and uh, i think that we we dissected it pretty well but the one that i'm going to pick is I think something you're going to be surprised by. I think the episode for five centimeters per second is my second really? pick. I am surprised by. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, the, the five centimeters per second, like I, the movie itself was, you know, hit or miss. But I think that our conversation about it was both tactful and measured. And like, it may not have been one of our funniest episodes, but we got a lot of juice out of Mm -hmm. the three different segments that make up that movie, the places where it falls down and the ultimate triumph at the end. And I I think that we're just, it it wasn't our funniest episode, but we were very on task and we got a lot out of it. We definitely juiced up. (laughs) We're juicing and loosing as Sonic the Hedgehog would say. Ben, I think this is an interesting um, interesting uh, selection that we've made because I don't think either of us agree with each other's choices. <laughs> what was your choices again? Yogi Bear and uh... Fighting Foodons. And Fighting Foodons. All right. <laughs> well, although if I had to pick a runner-up, uh, B movie would probably be that because B movie. Uh, that's the one I've listened to the most, <laughs> and part of it's just because it, you know we did that fairly early, but it's just so. Just, just say, just saying a plot synopsis of that movie is very entertaining. So I, we, we didn't need to add amazing. much. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's let's put a uh, let's put some sort of timer music on in the background. Let's say one play of Brave Star, uh, Brave Star's theme song, and then we'll come back and review our choices.
All right, I've got my pick. All right, do you want to make it first? Sure. All right, so out of the two, Yogi Bear and Fighting Foodons, I think it's Fighting Foodons. <laughs> I, I Weirdly think so, enough. too. Yeah. No. I mean, we were just so animated because the concept was so ridiculous, and the more animated you can get us, the better the show is going to be generally. Mm-hmm. And there's just lots of weird stuff to talk about. I love how you kind of articulated the nonsense. of we, we, we went through the wiki. Remember that? We went through... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, all the craziest. I we had like my little love affair with fried ricer as a concept, and you you <laughs> talked about the end of the show, which was like, and now you're king. <laughs> for the, yeah, I, for have you gone back and watched that episode? It's really something. Yeah, I uh, I did not watch it. I kind of just like your interpretation of it, but uh, yeah, I, I think yeah. that was very solid. Cool. Um, yeah. of your two, um, I think I'm gonna have to go for Helsing. Um. Sure. You know, five centimeters uh, per second, I, I agree. I don't know if it's the f- funniest, but I think it is very good, um, our analysis, yeah. because, you know, there was a lot there, and it's it's hard to state in a solely auditory medium everything that's in something that's much more visual. Um, but I have yeah, to discount it's very impressionistic. Just, because, just because we turned an hour-long movie into a two-hour-long podcast, and that offends my sensibilities. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um Helsing, I, I'm, I'm not as enamored of it, uh, of that episode as you are. I think we did start very strong, but I think we lost a little bit of steam toward the toward the middle. Hmm. But I'll admit I haven't listened to it as much as, as you have. So I, Fighting Foodons or Helsing. Um, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I still love Fighting Foodons episode. Um, no, it, it's but very I'm, good. I'm open to arguments. Just, yeah, so I, I'm not sure what the... Uh, what about helsing where you mind can you peek in my mind what uh what you like so much about the helsing episode i mean the intro and dan talking about vampires was a really good beginning yeah Uh, and then we got into we got into all the various characters um you know we talked about alucard we we talked a lot about integra helsing and uh and uh sarah yeah and i i think that the idea that I think that when we talked about Sarah's Victoria, um, the notion of her being the main character, even though Alucard is kind of big dog on campus, I think that we got a, a lot of mileage out of that. Yeah. Um, and then and the after whole, that, the, 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 the whole, whole like Catholic dis- Church thing. Yeah, the, like, I was going to say gonna, the distinction we're between gonna name Catholic ourselves versus after Protestant. You- yeah that. we're gonna name ourselves after our worst enemy and you were name yourself out of after your worst enemy and then we're gonna switch names or something like that <laughs> something stupid um yeah that we had the alex jones impersonation which is <laughs> <laughs> alex jones as a vampire <laughs> psychic alex jones psychic vampire yeah uh, yeah it's it's really awesome yeah, um, I, I i believe you when you say that like near the animation and music parts that we we tended to to die off a little bit, but I think all mm-hmm. up until then it was firing on all cylinders, a plus plus kind of stuff. Yeah, for fighting foodons, I think uh, just talking about the the inconsistencies and how straight it plays it in one sense and how bizarre it plays it in another sense. Like, okay, so we've got food monsters and we've got people, but then we've also got cat girls, uh, and we've also got a guy who's old, but not because he got old, because he was cursed old like <laughs> right and his hair, and is, his a hair is a question mark um i don't know this this might end up being a, a double winner 
I I don't think that I can give my throw my hat into the ring for for fighting Fudons because it was certainly one of our most irreverent, but I don't know if we said well I don't know it's difficult to say I, I just have a stronger I could I could go either way with these two I, so I if, just if have a stronger, stronger impression from Helsing that might be it yeah i i like fighting foodons a lot i'll have to listen to it again later to see if i'm gonna have to you know veto my own decision here but i think that i'm pretty firmly <laughs> on the side helsing. of uh of uh of helsing being the best show i'll sign on to that cool and we get to use the helsing music everybody loves it well didn't we already use it earlier we got to find something new for it there's plenty of helsing music did did we use it for something earlier when did it win uh, I don't know. I don't know a goddamn thing. I can't keep track of anything we've said so far. <laughs> yeah, that's how... That, I mean, I think you have to be in that mindset in order to podcast. You can't filter as you go. Mm-hmm. It's impossible. Which is why a lot of the time I sound like a big dumb idiot, guys. There is a reason. <laughs> um, <laughs> hmm. uh, okay, well, that that's that'll do it for us. Uh... Yep. So yeah, uh, th- thanks for coming, everyone. Thanks for listening to our dissection of nonsense from the past year. Believe you us, there's more nonsense coming up the pipe. Uh, we have Fantasia just as soon as we can schedule it. Um, uh, well, that's I actually going to come out before this. Oops. Well, uh, it'll it'll go on the next year's Cartoni Awards in that case. Um, but will it? After that, I don't. I don't think we had any categories that it would get picked for. Eh, it feels weird to not include them if we haven't done the episode yet. Okay, I guess we'll think about that. We'll think about it. But yeah, what are we doing after that, Zane? Um, I'm not going to tell you because I'll reveal it during the Fantasia episode and I want you to be surprised. Ooh, spicy. All right then. Uh, but I'll it. I'll just I'll do a little thing here. Uh next time we're going to watch Very nice. <laughs> uh yeah, so I think that'll be a really good one. Yeah, a little, a little bit, you know, too anti-Semitic for my taste, but we'll see. <laughs> um, do we leave it as a blank, a... or do we put something weird in there, or do uh... we just cut all of my dialogue from the beginning of this episode? <laughs> I don't think there's a bad option here. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't want to limit myself. And after that, I believe we have an anime. Is it my turn again? It's your turn to pick an anime. And a an cool. Well, I'll leave you in, you know, relative ignorance until i can think of an animated pick take that yeah uh, so yeah. antagonizing each other for four years going guys it's been, we still don't know what we're doing still well we know what we're doing but we haven't gotten good at it <laughs> we're here that's we a, showed up that's a that's a family name that's a brand that's a mark but Flora. we are glad that you showed up for it and zane i'm very glad to continue to be doing this with you likewise broha likewise broha all right. Uh, how do we lead out of this? Wait, we miss you, we wish you a merry brave star and a happy new gem. Okay. <laughs> All right, okay, bud. That's fine. <laughs> Can you hey, say it like Yogi Bear? We wish you a merry brave star and a happy new gem. <laughs> Is this going to be a tradition? Good where we just mash crap up. <laughs> Good enough. <laughs>